0: Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. The son, Quad's gift. 50-year-old Tracy Britton hailed her miracle baby yesterday after becoming the UK's oldest mum of Quad Ruplets. 35 medics delivered the IVF tots. Three girls and a boy. It's a word you'll never hear in tabloid newspapers to describe children. Tots. No one ever says that in the real world, do they? Nick Ferrari is here from seven o'clock this morning. But now, Steve Allen.
1: I saw some lovely tots the other day, honestly. They were walking down the road and I thought, you know, I was a tot once. Goodness sake. Do you know we
0: used to have jelly tots as a kid? That's what I was thinking of, yes. Jelly, jelly Tots, tops. that's the one. They yeah. were just
1: little little bits of jelly, weren't they? I
0: think you still get them. Can you? Yeah. Wow. Shall I go on a 4am search around the convenience stores of central London? No,
1: th- I think they're actually too specialist to be in convenience stores. What do you think?
0: Well, that's your Christmas sorted then. <laughs> Some jelly tots.
1: Oh. feel <laughs> a bit hard done by now. That's all you're buying. Good yeah, Lord, sorry. <laughs> See you later.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. It's been another busy night for American politics. Donald Trump held a press conference to say he's proud of how his party did in the midterms yesterday. But he ended up having a row with a reporter.
1: That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN.
0: CNN journalist Jim Acosta has now been accused of assaulting an intern who tried to stop him asking questions. He said that's a lie.
1: Morning, everybody. You hear him, honestly. Give, give the, us the microphone back. Give the microphone. Get up. You assaulted her. No, he didn't. We saw it all on the television, you silly old man. Look at her. She's, she's assaulting him. Give me the microphone. Listen, bitch, touch me again and you're going down. It was, I mean, really, I've never seen anything like it. An assault in the White House. Good grief. Honestly? What? You're a terrible person. CNN should not have employed you. They shouldn't have voted for you either, you silly old man. Goodness, have you ever seen anything like it? I'm surprised they didn't shoot him dead. It was (laughs) was getting that desperate. Anyway, nice to be company. Welcome to Thursday Morning. Thursday one yesterday was a very nice day. We all had a very nice day. We saw people that we hadn 't seen in ages, and we saw people that we see every day and uh, it was It was basically there was a lot of sort of clapping and whooping yesterday, which I was very pleased about um, So what are we going to talk about this morning? Gold knows, but we filled four pages of items from the the papers. Uh, the dirty dozen we 're going to name and shame. The people who exploited the Grenfell tragedy. The people who went out there and blatantly lied through their blooming teeth to get money. And, you know, it was that easy to get. Most of them walked away with over £100,000. Yes, I was in Grenfell, were you? Nobody checked. Nobody checked. Absolute chaos. Chaos. Twelve people, you know, took us for nearly a million quid. So they're going to be in prison. I mean, two of them, about four of them, shouldn't even be here. Marks and Spencer's, more to close their little food stores. Food sales have plummeted. Uh, why? Um, because they're not very good. You know, it's there, but they haven't, they haven't evolved with the time. They're still doing the same sort of sandwiches they were doing ages ago. And they're getting a bit expensive now in the sandwich lineup. and the rest of it is is not as good as it could be. They, they need to up their ante. What Marks and Spencer seem to do, though, is sort of give you food which doesn't taste as good as it used to taste. You know, and so you ended up... I told you, I I gave up wearing their socks. The standard went down so badly. Their toilet paper was so flimsy. I mean, seriously, it just wasn't even worthwhile. But it did have a... The raspberry creams for a pound are very good. And they do the chocolate ones as well. I mean, they're very... If you like that kind of thing, you know. And the producer does like that kind of a thing. So, that'll be your Christmas present sorted out. I'll just get you Marks and Spencer's voucher. So much easier. Uh, There's a woman who... uh, Her husband went for an assisted death... And um, uh, they didn't do Dignitas, they did another place in Basel, I think. And uh, again, you have to do it yourself. There's a long pro. you have to pay for it. This is, this is not some free service that these uh, places offer. They do assisted suicides, insomuch that there are people there to make sure you don't make a mistake. And they're not allowed to do it for you. If you're going to end your life, if you've got some dreadful illness that you can't cope with and you're in terrible pain... Uh, then you put yourself forward and they then assess whether they think that uh, that you are the right sort of person for it. It's 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 quite complicated. I promise you. You then travel there and uh, and you book yourself in to what is a normal flat. It's as simple as that. And they've got the drugs in there and you they they will sort of hook it up into you but you have to push the plunger you have to drink the drink whatever it is and and that's the decision that you make and for some people the pain is so bad that they can't they can't wait to do it but they're not allowed to do it for you and she's talked about her husband doing it at the end of his life because he was in a lot of pain he was only young he was only young i mean she wasn't in favor of it but she said for his sake she would uh, she would go along with it so she was she was there as well, and um, and for some people, it's it's the best relief that they've ever had. I would only do it if I thought there was a guarantee that I could come back. If I didn't like where it was, I was going to. That's that's what I would be thinking of. Uh, Seven thousand people still have black and white televisions. No, they don't. No, they don't. Seven thousand people have bought a black and white license because it's cheaper. But I bet you anything, they're watching colour television. Of course they are. Who sits there watching black and white? What a load of old codswallop, really. So do I have a yes I had a black and white TV I had a Sinclair Microvision Did you ever see one of those Oh gadget guru know all about that It's the Sinclair Microvision was the first little portable worked on batteries uh television it was tight. the screen was about an inch across Wait a minute it's uh I'm trying to find it actually where is it Uh yes it was sort of it was a bit like that it was a bit like that. It was It's tiny. Look, you could see somebody's hand and how small it is. And it showed you sort of pictures in black and white. And you pulled the aerial up. And and I, I bought one. I bought one. It was actually more expensive than solid silver. Very, you know, very expensive. But, but I, I had a microvision. I had all sorts of black and white televisions. Yeah, yeah, you can see, see pictures. But the trouble is because nowadays you sort of plug your television into the wall or whatever and you get the perfect picture. This was every time the aerial moved, the picture went... <sharp inhale> And scru- So it was really impossible to watch anything. And because it was in black and white, and because that screen is about an inch and a half across, there you go, the device was one and a half inches high, powered by rechargeable batteries, or from the mains. I remember it. They, they say you could view it from about a foot away. I don't know how many they actually sold, probably loads of them, but I, I had a Sinclair Microvision. and Because uh, I liked it. I liked it. And I've had various other black and white tellies. And then colour came in. And we rented, my parents rented, and I remember exactly where we were down in Berkshire at the house. At the house. (laughs) Makes it sound like an estate. And um, and, and we had the man come round to to, to fit the television. So they they turned, and it was a Finlandia. And we all sat there watching the television like sort of eager beavers my mum, my brother, and me, because dad was uh, uh, off at work. And the man brings the television in, comes with a stand, he puts it on there, he pushes some buttons. And then he fiddles about with the knob, and it went from black and white, and we're sitting there watching it, and all of a sudden, it turned to colour. Because in those days, you could take the little knob, and it said colour black and white. And if you turned the colour off, it was black and white. Then you turned the colour up, so you could have dark colour, light colour, whatever else, and make the picture, and oh, it was, so nowadays it's all automatic. And we sat there, and go, wow, it's in colour. Really impressive. And then my mother turned it off. She said, well, we'll have a check later in the paper, see if there's anything worth watching. <sighs> now television on, straight away, isn't it? And uh, was the colour TV sign you up? No, because it was quite cheap to rent. It was quite cheap. But the one thing you had to remember is, just supposing I went in there and £16 a month got me a television and video package, a video recorder, and and then they changed the pricing of it. You had to go back into the shop to say, I'm on that deal, but I now want to go for this deal here. But I bought it, I, I rented it in Hounslow. I was in Isleworth at the time in London, and the bloke came round to fit. You'll not believe this story. I couldn't believe it either, uh, but it, it's uh, I, I can I can justify it. Believe you me. And he he brought this uh, television round. He said, "Oh, by the way," he said, um, he said, "Would you like to rent the, uh, the video recorder out?" And I went, "This is the man from the shop who just delivered the video recorder to me because I'd rented it. Would you like to rent it out?" I said, "Rent it out." He said, "Yeah, it's so, uh, a friend of mine." Rents out lots of. You know what he was doing? He was duplicating Indian films. So the more video recorders they had, the more duplicating they could do. But they couldn't rent loads of them because they get caught out, and they are the most duplicated films in the world, the Indian film market. And so that's that's what he was after. He was. I said no. I'm going to keep the video recorder myself. Well, I rented it, but they were willing to pay me double what I'd pay to rent it to rent it to his friend. So he didn't need to fit it up for me. He could have just taken it back and then just plug it in and they duplicate films. Honestly, amazing, isn't it? And that was years ago. That was years ago, that uh, that market. Video pirating is a crime and you shouldn't ever... It's like the blokes who come round. Uh, you want to buy film? You want to buy film? And all this kind of stuff. Don't ever buy them. You are funding prostitution, drug taking and murder. OK, Yes, and terrorism. I just I'd just like to let you know that just to get, oh, well, that's a latest film. And then you discover somebody's filmed it in the cinema and you've got people walking in front of you. Although the, the only thing that's genuine about it is the actual front cover of the little thing. They also sell pornographic films, somebody told me. Outrageous! I mean, Dale was sitting in a restaurant. We were sitting outside a, uh, a cafeteria, and this the, and this man came along. So we're all sitting there. There's like loads of people. There's Dale and I sitting there, and this little bloke comes out. You want to buy a film? You want to buy a film? And he's got a bag there. And Dale goes, "What films have you got?" Then I thought, in the middle of daylight, what are you doing? He buys like ten of these films. <laughs> Seriously, I was. Hor- I said, "That's t- you shouldn't buy those." Steve, come on, he's only making a living. <laughs> Honestly, it was another world. Excuse me. Oh, dear, that tea. Do you know, I think my, my tea-making is getting better and better and better. So yesterday, yesterday we had the the RAJAR meeting. This is where you have to sit in a room, and uh, I can't drink water, much as I wanted to drink water, because otherwise I'd be up and down to the toilet half the time. And, uh, and they go through... It's like the the, the whole company's there. Well, you know, all our, our little bit. So we sort of fill up the room quite nicely. And you have to sit down and you have to listen to people talking about your audience figures. Now, it can either go one of two ways. It goes well or it doesn't go well. So we sit there and you get heads up. You know, occasionally, you know, they, they'll sort of have have a chat to the to the presenters to say, you know, this is where your audience figures are. This this is what they were last time round, and they compare it, and then it's compared to the other radio stations. Well, there was one particular radio station I felt so sorry for the other day because they don't have a, an audience at all. It's 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 a, it's a bit embarrassing, really. They've got loads of money, teeny tiny, uh, teeny tiny. In fact, you know, just like your little finger, little teeny tiny. And then at some points, the graph vanished for them, so they didn't have. Any audience at all. And it it turned out to be mainly in the early hours of the morning. They had no audience at all. But weekends in particular were very bad indeed. But as I say, you know, you can't educate some people. That's why eventually people discover LBC. And uh, that's why yesterday we had lots of whooping and clapping and all sorts of things. And, you know, because we all did very well. And uh, although I noticed there was a a very, very interesting line that came out. Yes, uh, there will be drinks. You know, they go to organise drinks, apparently. I never get the drinks! I never get the drinks! I come in... Yes. They've had the drinks! Oh, actually, you know, they have had the drinks. I seem to remember they did have drinky poos. Uh, there was something last week, I think. But I can't do them. But they never bring back a martini cocktail for me and just leave it. You know, as so they go, that's for you, Steve, you could have that, or just a, a fizzy, fizzy cola or something. I do not get any of that at all. A whisky for Santa, yeah. I mean, the, the trouble is, by the time Santa's done four houses in a close, he's off his trolley, and he don't know where he is. There we are. You can have that. But it's a doll. Well, go on, grow up, girl. You, know, you can play with a doll. But it was it was good. Good meeting yesterday. I'd, I'm not big into whooping and clapping. Yeah, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of that yesterday, wasn't there? Because everybody did very well. Very well. So that was that was quite nice because, you know, because you don't know what's going to happen next time round. I do say because everybody goes, oh, well done. Well done. You go. Yeah. But next time round, you don't know. You don't do anything differently. You don't deliberately set out to do a bad show. Well, not all of us. And, um, you know, I don't want to name names. It's unfair. It's unfair. People know who they are, you know. So and, and you sort of you go there with all high expectations. And then and you hope because I'm always first one off. So of course I'm like the benchmark in other words if it's bad for me that everybody else is going to suffer as well and I used to hate it I was, oh, don't do me first don't do me but anyway it was it turned out to be all very nice and it was lovely and uh, and I managed to walk down the stairs and I had to introduce Nick Abbott to a friend of mine <laughs> now I would have done it in the lift but the lift is broken so I had to walk up the stairs I and mean, it was like climbing everest for me so I said to Nick Abbott I said listen there's a friend of mine who works for one of our sister stations and uh, he is one of the sisters. And I said, um, I said, he is such a big fan of yours. And I thought, it's so ridiculous. In radio, you get people in radio as well who are big fans of other people. So I said to Nick, oh, you'll have to just come and stand by the window. I'll point to you. And, you know, we'll sort of catch his his attention. So we come down the back staircase, like seven floors. Seriously, honestly, the sooner the stanner Stairlift is in, the better. But we sort of get to the bottom floor. And so like, don't go anywhere, Nick. Because if you walk past him and and he misses it, he'll he'll go ballistic. So uh, I'm not going to tell you who he is because it's embarrassing and pain. And he uh, um, and so we get down there and I'm trying to wave in his window. We've all got these big picture windows, except me. And uh, they're sort of doing all this kind of thing. And he turned around and and I went. Nick Abbott. And he went, oh, and he he became so excited, as excited Harry, the AP, with a bowl of fruit, as excited, if not more so. Harry is just like, whoop, whooping, practically. And so Ant Payne saw him. And he went, wait, 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 he, he did his link, and he rushed out of the studio, and he shook his hand, he said, I'm so pleased to meet you. He said, I don't want to sound like an anorak. He said, I'm such a big fan. And I said to Nick, I said, "He he quotes you chapter and verse. So there you go. So that was my good deal yesterday. I'm, I think Nick thought it was a bit disturbing. You know, I mean, basically, I think, you know, because we all carry body cams and I think he actually managed to get that on, on body cam. So just in case it goes further, you know, and I mean, he might turn up at the house. I don't know. Could be something like that. And then uh, Eddie Mayer said that I'd mentioned him the other day and, uh, and he said, thank you very much indeed. So that was nice. I said, you're very welcome. So, so yesterday was yesterday was quite a good day. Actually, we saw all the people we wanted to, and some we didn't. And we and then visitors. Oh, the spice! We had the Spice Girls yesterday. So, I'm not an anorak, but uh, Dave out on the news just said I'm I'm going up to see them because they're going to be on air at nine o'clock. So I go. Okay, he said, Will you come up? He said because if I go up with you, he said they won't they won't throw us out because you know because I'm a presenter. I don't know, but anyway. So I go up there and um, and we're all waiting for the Spice Girls. So they, they moved one of the shows backwards a bit. They extended everything to accommodate the Spice Girls. And I filmed it. Now, I'm debating whether or not to put it on my Twitter feed, because you've got me sitting on the edge of a desk, filming them coming in, and then two of them going, hi, I'm not sure if I can put it onto Twitter, or if somebody says, yes, I know I can do it, but I'm not sure whether or not I can do it in terms of showing the building off. Am I allowed to...? I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do that. You watch. My phone will ping in a minute. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay, Steve. You can do that. <laughs> because it, it's so nice because you've got three of them and then you, you've got uh, Baby, who was already in the, the studio. And the floor was packed. They, were they came with an entourage of 20 people. 20 hair and makeup. Who do I turn up with in the morning? Nobody. Nobody. No hair, no makeup, no clothing, nothing. Nothing at all. You'd think that radio people would want to sort of dress up a little bit more, wouldn't you? But we, we don't. It's not, it's not that we're unattractive. Well, not all of us. And um, it's just that, you know, it's radio. Nobody sees you, except if you're in the big studio downstairs, in which case I think you can log onto the internet and you can, you can see people sitting in the studio. Can you do that still? You can, you can watch Nigel Farage live. What do you want to do that for? What's the point of that? We know what he looks like live. Does he do something different? Does he do it in his boxes or something? I know he wore wore a suit yesterday and ties. Somebody said to me, they said, when you have Christmas lunch, do you wear a shirt and tie? No. Why would you wear a shirt and tie for lunch? We don't dress up. You know, I mean, the staff dress up, obviously, but, I mean, it's not for us,
0: is it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Benedict Cumberbatch was complaining about tea the other day. He was complaining of some sort... I can't remember what he was complaining about. That's right. Chamomile tea isn't tea. I thought it came from chamomile leaves. So I'm assuming it would be tea. Uh, very refreshing peppermint tea. Now, I don't do silly poncy teas. <laughs> uh, because it's, you know, peppermint tea. Uh, OK. You know, it's like China tea. I just have tea. All right. So it's Earl Grey or Lady Grey or the stuff I drink in here. Don't know what it is, but it's it's very tasty. Very tasty. Very, very tasty. Uh, but, you know, but peppermint tea... And uh, Rui Bosch and all the, all these strange things that they've got. Jim says, you were a, a tot once, but that was 39 years ago. Ha ha. Ha ha. 84850, steve at LBC.co.uk. Uh, another one here. Do uh, you see the story about the Michelin star chef whose uh, wife threw a brick at the house in a row over parking? Good Lord. But apparently anybody can park outside your house. Um... You, sir, you, you, it says here, did the people own the house not understand that unless you have parking restrictions or a drop curve for a drive, then anybody can park at Yes, you can park on somebody's drive. They don't own that. They don't own the drive. And you certainly don't own the road outside your house. You can't reserve anything. And uh, there's, there's a lot of really nasty... Unless the road is on the deeds of your house, which is highly unlikely. Unless you live down a dirt track or something like that. But yeah, anybody can drive onto your drive. Did you know that? You imagine, you come back, there's somebody parked it. You say, what are you doing? Just parking, to do some shopping. It's my drive. And no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> and uh, Billy says, most radio stations play the same old music all day. LBC has the best chat and opinion. Long may your spike rise. Well, I mean, yesterday. I don't think it could have, uh, could have been any more impressive, ladies and gentlemen. It, I mean, even, even I was surprised. But it looked nice, and people were very nice about people, and that's, that's all it's about, isn't it, really? You can still get jelly tots in South Africa, says uh, Michael. They're quite popular. I should imagine they would be. I, ju- they, I just remember they, they used to be covered in sugar, didn't they? I think they, they were only, only tiny. Uh, another one here, and uh, dun, 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 dun. try and get as many of your texts. And if your feet are aching in the studio, do you wear carpet slippers in the studio? Of course not. I'm an adult. I've got shoes on. Carpet slippers? Can't bring carpets. Really? What for? Carpet slippers? It's not normal, is it? It's not normal. Oh well, from Brighton. Oh, don't need to tell me about Brighton. Even so, I mean, I don't think wearing sl- slip anti slip jelly bits—it's not normal, is it? I don't don't think you should get too friendly, you know. Not right in the head. <laughs> slippers to work. My mother used to wear driving shoes, different from her normal shoes, and then she'd uh, and she'd put these sort of flat shoes on for driving. But I think slippers at work. I think that's taken it a bit. That's like sort of I don't know. I can't think. Of, I don't know. I can't think of anything worse. I don't. I don't think security can get rid of it. But I mean, does it, so he takes the slippers away and then brings them back in and puts them on when he's on, so they're in his back, So he, he's got obviously a pair of shoes with him, probably trainers, I should imagine, and so the rest of the time it's. Plimpsoles, God, honestly, how old-fashioned, (laughs) plimpsoles. Nobody has plimpsoles. Even uh, when I mention plimpsoles, people say to me, nobody wears plimpsoles, Steve. And I go, I used to. We never had trainers when I was younger. Trainers didn't exist. We didn't even have sports shops. I I don't know where we got it. We got it from the, I think, the school outfitters, outfitters, something like that. But no, plimpsoles were the latest. They were lovely. (laughs) I don't know the reason why we so Slippers. I do have some um, slippers at home, but I'm not, certainly not going to bring them in. It. People think I'm mad. They go, "He's finally flipped." I was told the other day. My, my boss said, "Can you just not please fall on any halogen ovens anymore?" And and then I thought I cracked a very good line when I said, "I said if I if I drink, because they're always worried about my health." <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. Yes. Nick Ferrari just said, don't die. And I said, well, if I did die tomorrow, I said, we've we, we got about six weeks worth of programming that we can put out. So it'll sound as so though I'm still here, which seemed to go down quite well. <laughs> I'm taking bets on who's going to be the first presenter to go. can't tell you who's at the top of the list, but it ain't me. Uh, 850 uk. That'd be quite funny, wouldn't it? Because, actually, we've been quite lucky. I mean, most people... There's not a lot of illness around at LBC. No, no, it's not really. Not... yeah, exactly. Now it'll see. My boss has just said, "Oh, don't say that, Steve." If it come up to Christmas, <laughs> Christmas is busy time. Uh, posh sees red because the Spice Girls were in yesterday. Obviously, not Posh. She was jetting off to Gardenaud and going to Paris on the Eurostar. We love the Eurostar. We love the girls down there. Uh, also, singing, singing can combat stress and even Parkinson's. So that's. I like the sound of that. I like community singing. I'm a big fan about it. And uh, what was the other one? Oh, yes, the drunk shame doctor cleared to work again. Second time she's been done for drink driving, and they've still not kicked her out. They've still not kicked her out. She's she's still allowed to operate, but under supervision, I think. I mean... (sighs) It's too dangerous, isn't it? You see people on the television. I, I watch, you know, the police programmes all the time, and all the time they're stopping drunk drivers. It doesn't matter whether it's here, whether it's in New Zealand, whether it's in Australia, whether it's in America, they're always stopping drunk drivers. And the drunk drivers always go, I had a drink? Well, When, when did you last have a drink? It's got to be more than an hour ago when you have your drink. So you say, how did you drink? How many drinks did you have? Um, <sighs> Two. And then they do them on, on the breathalyser and they discover they're like three times over the limit. And they go, I think a bit more than twice. A little bit more than two drinks. Uh, cafeteria, Steve. If you're going back somewhere, self-service, then pay. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, I like the cafeterias. All the motorway services have actually got them. You know, you, you choose, but they serve before you pay. I think they're, they're redundant now, overall. People want your money today before you say, the thing I can't bear and things like that is, they put the tea and the coffee... At the end of the line. So you've ordered your food and all of a sudden there's a backup, isn't there? And then they go, because everybody's doing teas and coffees. One person doing teas and coffees for everybody. They did that at Not Cups the other day. One bloke serving the drinks and a queue because you, until you've had your drinks, you can't go anywhere. You know, at least get two people or try, you know, do you want soft drinks? Oh, I don't know, I don't, what should we have to drink? How can people not decide? Well, somebody got on the bus the other day. I was on a couple of buses. And it was only when they were on the bus, they start looking for the bus pass. I thought like saying, you've been sitting at a bus... Sh-. And also, the other morning, our bus driver did something that is totally verboten. A homeless bloke, or drunk, or whatever he was, gets on the bus. And, he d- of course, he doesn't have a card or anything else like that. And, the, and he said to the bus driver, I'm just going a couple of stops. Mate, a couple of stops. Well, he didn't go a couple of stops. He went five stops. And the bus driver let him do it for free free. Why do they get different treatment? I have to go and pay for Well, I don't pay for it. Uh, but I have paid for it before. But he said, I'm just doing two stops. And he didn't. He got dropped off at uh, Waterloo Station where I believe he went off to do shoplifting. Because if he didn't have enough money for the bus, oh, you can't pay on the bus, can you? There's no there's no facility for paying on the bus. Ridiculous. Uh, I thought you had fluffy bunny slippers. Yeah. And what if I have? What well, you can do about it, eh? You can't do anything, can you? If a vehicle is parked on your driveway without your permission, they're trespassing. Uh, as is a civil and not criminal offence, the police will not always get involved. Um, but they're not. You don't have to give somebody permission. Somebody can drive onto it. We only discovered this a short while ago. That you, you, know, you think you own your drive, but you don't. I suppose what you could do is block them in. Just to make sure. But, uh, it, yes, I mean, it's, it's. we thought it was ridiculous as well. John says, if somebody parked on my drive, I'd be tempted to park the back of my hand across their face. And then you'd get done for an assault. Then you'd end up with a criminal record. Then your name would be, oh, no, you can't do that route. And everybody's got cameras now.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. I'm, just, I'm loading the, uh, the Spice Girls. Video of them uh, yesterday. It's because it's a fairly big file. It's taking just a little while, so it's all ready to go up there. And I shall tell you that it'll be up in probably about less than a, a minute. But it's it's slow, isn't it? If it's downloading a video, it's a bit slow. And I don't normally download videos, so I uh, hope you enjoy it. If you're a fan of the Spice Girls, you have to go to what is my Twitter at Steve Steve Allen Show. <laughs> Thank I can't remember what it is half the time. But uh, it's just coming up to the finish of it. And then I put, here is the video of the Spice Girls at Global. And it was just said, There we go. And uh, and it's, oh, look, I can watch it back again. There's uh, Jerry's, the first one. So slim, so slim. And there's a few people sitting in the office as well. Oh, there we are. look looks up on my screen as well. It's so exciting. And, um, and then there's people in the office. And so she said, hello, everybody. Look, there's people all over the place with apologies to all the hard-working staff, and, uh, and the other two hid behind a desk. And then they said, come on, come on, come on. So they actually sort of came out, and there you get the other two as well. So there you go. And that's on... just uh, see how see how many tweets we can get on that one, of the, of the Spice Girls arriving? Hey, hello, good morning. 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 <laughs> we'll to, she's so slim. Seriously, for that read, uh, read tiny. So you can go onto my Twitter, and you can check it out, boys and girls. Which is nice, isn't it? Woo! They're very happy. Look how big our offices are. This is just one of many floors, but that's another story. Uh, There they go. Ta-da! That's very good, isn't it? I'm better than I thought. I'm better than I thought. Uh, Steve, oh, so what if you put a gate and padlock in place? Well, then it's breaking and entering. I mean, but you wouldn't, of course, put a gate and a padlock on your drive, would you? I've never heard of it. Uh, it says, uh, police can't remove somebody else's car from your driveway, but you can sue the car owner for trespass in a civil court. Imagine all of that just to get a car off your drive. <laughs> dear. Steve, you and Darren got me through the night after a big op, says Kerry and Epsom, which is, uh, which is good. And you can organise a tow truck to remove a car from your drive to legal roadside parking at your expense. So, remove a car from your drive... To legal roads... Uh, oh, right, so I have to pay. Is so going to basically cost me money? No, I'd rather no, I'd rather not bother with that. I'd just rather sort of tow it out and dump it in the middle of the road. We did it years ago. Somebody drove onto our property, and one of the, one of the people who, who lived there was a little bit militant. I was fairly militant as well. And he let their uh, tyre down. Uh, we don't encourage that at all, but this was on private property. Fully marked up, you know, and wheel clamping in operation, all this kind of stuff. And uh, all they'd done is they'd just decided to go off shopping they just decided to go off shopping, so this, uh, this friend of mine let down two of their tyres. But, of course, they didn't know. They came back, they were holding a big pizza. So they'd obviously done some shopping, and they'd ordered a pizza, but just parking on other people's property, basically peasants. And uh, so we sort of stood there and, uh, and watched as they drove out of the car park. They got literally five feet into the road, and the tyre exploded. Exit one car with a pizza in, which was uh, which was really popular. Uh, Grant says, You uh, always crack me up despite being absolutely shattered after only three hours sleep for a 6 a.m. start. Three, why only getting three hours sleep? You mustn't, you know, the amount of people who listen to this program. Some people have uh sleep apnea, they have problems with getting to sleep. Me, I have no problems getting to sleep at all. I can, I can literally sometimes 4 30, five o'clock in the afternoon, bang, in bed. And that's the way it has to be. If you've got six weeks of programmes in the can, you could have died weeks ago, and we've been listening to canned stuff for weeks, but you'd never know. You'd never know if it was canned. Is it Steve or is it Memorex? You'd never know, because it's all on, the, on, it's all on computers now. Computers can fire the whole thing in. You know, if necessary, we could sort of put a, put a piece of music out, or we, can put it, we could put anything out, because it's all computerised. didn't used to be. Still off the juice, uh, I've sort of crept back onto the juice a little bit. I've crept back onto it a little bit. Not That's that's Prosecco as opposed to juice. Much as I'd love to do juice, I don't do it. But I've got a great story in the paper for later on of uh, what Brits miss when they go abroad to live. When I used to go to Vienna, the girls over there and uh, Telia, the lady who uh, ran BDR, said to me, okay, and what, what did they want? They wanted three items. Cheddar cheese, which they couldn't get over there, uh, sauce- wall sausages, which they couldn't get, and bacon. They craved bacon, sausages and cheese. And so I used to take it over there. I'm sure it was totally illegal. <laughs> totally illegal. You're not supposed to take meat between countries, are you, at all? But because because it was sort of pre-packed and all the rest of it, I thought maybe it was OK. But anyway, I never got stopped for that at all. I got stopped for cigarettes one time. I took cigarettes in because my cigarettes I couldn't get in Austria. And uh, and they confiscate them and find me. I said, but I've already bought these in another country. Oh, we can't bring them in here. So you lose both ways. You lose both ways. So it's it's not so uh, not so good. Uh, what have we found today? We found um, uh, a woman. She's called Tracy Britton. She's fifty years old, and she's just had four babies. Four babies at the age of uh, fifty. Uh, okay, that's uh, fine. Oh, it was a Victoria's Secret fashion show in New York tonight. That's just basically people who get their, their kit off and pose in their underwear. That's all they are. They're, they're they're sort of page three girls, but sort of a little bit prettier, if you can say such a thing. Uh, Aldi's new Christmas advert left kids fearing the star, a carrot called Kevin, had died. I th- I thought the advert was quite clever. So they've got sobbing children, one here. A Bradford saw the advert. She looked after a pal's two children. She said, they saw it was Kevin driving, who they love, and they were excited, but then there's a major road accident and the truck is left hanging over a cliff. Well, that's that's the spoof on the Italian job, isn't it? First of all, it's the Coca-Cola lorry, but it's not. It's got Kevin Carrot. And um, the Advertising Standard Authority said, people had complained the clip was too distressing for children. Oh, for goodness sake! Where are these people coming from? mamby Pambies? Too depressing for children. What are you bringing them up to be like? Oh dear. But apparently, Aldi said we've been overwhelmed with wonderful responses to our Kevin the Carrot ad, and we're rooting for him too. We can assure fans that Kevin's dicey adventures will continue to Christmas. And three people have complained about it. It's too upsetting for children. God in heaven, what a bunch. You know what sort of people these are, don't you? How can we get money out of it? The kids were traumatised. Sorry? It's a carrot on a lorry. He's driving it. And it goes over a cliff and the kids don't like it. They must hate children's television. This is mild. Kevin the carrot compared to what they normally get up with. What is the matter with people nowadays? What is the matter? Uh, Prince Charles at 70 is the same as Prince Charles at 60, 50, 40, 30, 20 and the rest. Uh, he says, uh, I won't meddle as king. Well, not much. Well, he's got to make it to being king, hasn't he? Is she going to step down? I mean, uh, he turned 70 on Wednesday um, and because there have been rumours that the Queen might step down, I thought she's always said she wouldn't. Why would she want to? She's having, you know, she looks the best that she's ever looked. And do you remember the story we had yesterday? Do you remember the story of the turkey farm? And you can adopt a turkey and they'll put your name around its neck or something and then uh, you can come and feed it and help look after it for two months. For two months. And you won't need to get involved in any of the difficult bits at the end. One woman wrote to yesterday and thought that they that that's killing it. But they don't want to put that, do they? Why would you want to do that? It's like, and here is Daisy the cow. Daisy the cow shortly going to be uh, stunned with a stun gun. Her throat will be cut and she'll be hanging upside down. People will dissect her with a huge machine and then we'll eat it. What? No, you just need to know that at the end, animals, you know, have to forego their their life. I don't know if they know it. I have no idea. We did a thing a short while ago. Well, actually, not a short while ago, ages ago, on sort of what we think animals know. And I think they know fear. But uh, it's over so quickly, they're supposed to be stunned. But anyway, the farmer who got death threats, Matt Carter, normally sells one or two turkeys a day <laughs> not after the the story that there were some vegans attacking him sales have shot up he's now selling between uh 15 and 25 turkeys a day he was doing one and two before then this publicity the other day and um, and all of a sudden he's uh, he's he's got more things i mean somebody uh branded him he's is in exeter uh, twisted psychopathic, these people are a bit simple, of course, as you can well imagine, and a murderer, his site was defaced with murder, go vegan, and workers received death threats. One caller said, staff should be the ones being killed instead of the innocent animals. These people really are mentally sick seriously there 's something the matter with them they 're not they 're not the full ticket at all but uh, but the the but the publicity has been great he 's had more members of the public you know pushing aside these uh these sort of they 're not vegans. These are just anarchists. They're people who, you know, we'd rather live with humans. Good, will you go live somewhere? Isle of Skye looks fairly profitable at the moment. But uh, he says he's also got pigs, cattle, sheep, turkeys and chickens. Some of the turkeys are free-range, while others are kept in a large, open barn. So, anyway, all these threats have gone to the police, so expect to see some prosecutions. And you know what they'll look like, don't you? You know they're going to look weirdo types. You know they're going to look really, really peculiar. Uh, so that'll be that'll be quite good. Oh, there's a horrible picture. Family of a of a war hero left for dead by burglars. They stole his telly. It's only worth a tenner. Only worth a tenner. And uh, the family of this man. He's a World War Two veteran. His name is Peter Gouldstone Ninety eight. Last night, fighting for his life, battered in bed on bonfire night. His son Simon found him lying semi-conscious on his ransacked bedroom floor the next morning. And uh, it's most, I hope they catch these people and uh, and I hope they throw them in prison for a long, long time. I mean, he didn't have anything at all. So what, what they've done is the, the son have set up um, a fund and they've given five grand. They're hoping to, to get to £10,000 for this man. I mean, he's a, he's a war hero. That's what he did. He was a war hero. These people, his uh, son has said, need to be uh, locked up. They need to be found because they'll do the same to somebody else. They'll do the same to somebody else. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that this man... I know that there are many people in this position, but, you know, it's it's very worthwhile. And it was ju- it was just a little television. It wasn't worth anything. Worth nothing, as they say, probably between 10 and £20. Pounds. So if they can get him another you know telly and then you know perhaps i can get him a fridge freezer and he can have some food all sorts of things he's 98 for god's sake you don't come through your life and get to 98 when you don't get peasants that do something like that i mean it was a a brutal and senseless attack on a, a very vulnerable pensioner in his own home and uh he's 98 what people can do something like that to you I know what I'd like to do with them if I found them and if I was the judge in the case because I just, you know, that could be your father, that could be your uncle, your cousin, it could be a relative of yours, could be a next-door neighbour, it could be a best friend and you look at him and you think you don't deserve that. You absolutely don't deserve it. The sooner they find these people and we deal with them and you know what I mean by deal with them, that involves sending them to prison and they can stay there as far as I'm concerned for a very long time. And uh, perhaps somebody in prison will meter out their own sort of justice. It really is. It's it's too depressing to see that that picture.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, every night, nice every company. It's Thursday. It's the eighth of November, and you're very welcome. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. I don't care whether you're here, whether you're abroad, whether you're in hospital. I don't, I don't really mind where you are, as long as you're listening to LBC. We're all going to be uh, we're going to be good friends by the end of the program. If we're not. We're going to be sworn enemies. Uh, Steve, uh, I can highly recommend Ugg boots for problematic feet. I cannot wear Ugg boots. They're for women. I know that I have seen a few men wearing them. But to be honest with you, they're for women. They're not for men. And this bloke I saw wearing them is heterosexual. He's married. He's got a baby and all the rest of it. Perhaps he's a bit suspect. I don't know. But he was wearing Ugg boots. And when I first saw it, I thought, oh, you really are wearing Ugg boots. But yeah, I, they're, they're definitely not, not for men. I don't know if they make them for men. No, he d- I don't think Paul Smith's got a pair. I don't I don't think so. I don't know. I would I would have to... Ch- he doesn't seem to possess a coat. I know that. You go out and you go, where's your coat? And he goes, oh, mm, a bit vague. I may, I can't go out without the coat. But uh, Paul... So there's another Paul. See, the, the most popular name on this programme at the moment is Kevin. But uh, now uh, Paul's coming in a close second. My dad recently arrived to stay with us. In Durban, in South Africa, where we've lived for five years, and the one thing we get asked for, Branston Pickle. You can't get it, he said, and nothing comes close. Love your show. Listen every day since I arrived, a little bit of home, but uh, with or without the Branston Pickle. It's funny, isn't it, the things it's like, is like, if you bought somebody a jar of Marmite, that would last for years. Branston Pickle. Doesn't seem to last as long, but they do do big sizes, big sizes. Steve says, I think that the Queen is selfish, selfish and should let Charles have a pop at it. Oh, God, no. What and change it all round again? No, thank you. No, let's leave the Queen there. Let's leave the Queen there. Bish says the best word in the English language at the moment is snowflake. Perfectly describes the proliferation of livery-livered mamby pambies who are infiltrating this country. I know. There it is, a pretend carrot on the television. And they're doing a thing. Oh, the carrot's going to be hurt. It might die. Oh, the children were so upset. Give us money. That's what it comes down to, isn't it? It really is absolutely appalling. Even Scott the cabbie says, I've had to pull over after hearing about Kevin the carrot. I must take the rest of the day off in sadness. Don't you just love advertising? It's the people who complain about it. I seriously couldn't believe that anybody would ever complain about... I mean, do they cry about... What are all those other things... Oh, I can't. The uh, Ardman animatronics—not animatronic, but they do Ardman animation. Yeah, like Wallace and Gromit. I mean, how do they feel about that? There was a some person there on the chicken farm, and all the rest of it. And you think, do they complain about that? No, they're too stupid, aren't they? These people are just idiots. And uh, another one here. How cruel and heartless to be so evil to an elderly person. It's terrifying, Steve, to think these people are walking around out there. I hope that they—I hope they—they they catch them. I can get myself into an awful lot of trouble by saying the, these people, you know, I'm afraid have earned no right to be with the rest of us, no right to be with the rest of us, they' just they're just filth, they're just filth, but knowing the mamby pamby courts in this country, well, he's of good behavior, and his mummy said he was okay. you know the fact that they've beaten some old man black and blue, and stolen his television, what good it you know what they'll do with it? They'll pawn it, and that's how they'll get them. You don't... You don't. Everybody's got a television in this day and age. Everybody's got a television. If people nick something like that, they're going to sell it for drugs or something like that. That's what it'll be. It'll be some sort of out-of-work dosser who's doing drugs and who wants to go and sell it, you know, thinking it's worth a fiver or something like that. He won't know what it's worth. It's just a television. And he'll take it to somewhere, and that's where they'll actually get him. I'm hoping that, you know, they, they will be got very, very quickly. Zara so says, "Oh, set my alarm for 5am for the morning prayer. And now 4am with my PG Tips and You, so delightful. Actually, I bu- who did I bump into earlier? Oh, Margarita. Margarita Taylor was leaving the building and she looked at my bag, got my Mars Spencer's bags and she went, have they got mince pies in them. I said they might have. She said, uh, I, I think she said she was a regular listener. So uh, she sort of, kept, you can't be regular, can you? Unless you're sort of working uh, at this particular time. But uh, I did say, I said, I, I suspect it'll be the, what are those mince pies? I haven't actually had them yet, but they're flaky pastry. Flaky pastry, they were, they were quite nice. I don't know how they make them for two quid a box. I'm really, including the wrapping. You know, they must be making millions of them, I suppose. Eskimos wear Ugg boots, says Dorothy. I'm not an Eskimo. I do not rub noses with people and build igloos. And I'm not, I mean, listen, if you're walking around in Eskimo land, then you can wear Ugg boots because probably everybody else is. You can't walk around in Twickenham, you'll be hanging from a lamppost. Good Lord above. It's fine, you know, if they actually sort of are in a place where everybody's wearing it, then it shouldn't make any difference. Paul is in Perth, as usual. And uh, Joey Essex used to wear bright orange Ugg boots, rest my case. Have you seen him? He's doing an advert. Times must be hard for little Joey Essex. The royal family is like the weather. It always rains and the sun don't get a look in, says Richard. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Hi, Steve, says Kevin. One of many Kevins we have on this programme. It's the new adoptive name that we get. <laughs> and said, uh, um, was in a queue for ten minutes. As we get closer to the checkout, the lady in front of me getting served, taking another five minutes, looking in her purse for the right amount of money. Why don't people get the money ready? Oh, don't. Supermarkets are even worse. They put it all, but just pack it all away, pack it all away, pack it all away, and then now we'll start trying to find where the purse is. Why don't you get it out to start with? Oh, dear. And uh, Dorothy in Wales says, I visited a meatworks in Australia. Not pleasant seeing the cows lined up. What do you go there for, then? What would you go there for? If you know that that's what it is, it's a place, it's an abattoir. <laughs> you said, I wished I'd not seen it. Well, I mean, I don't know whether or not... You know, they sort of do it in the normal way. You could see it on the internet. It's on YouTube, you know. Uh, the, the producer, well, that's the one who likes Idris Elba. Uh, I want the... You think I'm forgetting that. No, no, no. Once it's in the brain, it stays. I want the London buses to introduce a five-second rule. Five seconds to buzz your Oyster card in. After that... or off. <laughs> I think after that, there should be a trap door that opens up and you disappear under the bus. And we all go, thank God for that. Because there was somebody the other day. She went through one bag, then another bag... Then a friend had to come and help her. And I'm thinking, you don't deserve to be walking the streets. Seriously, absolutely. Madness. Madness, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, an agency midwife has just been struck off. She didn't know what to do. as a baby gasp for breath. Quite glad she's been struck off, really. Uh, the drink doctor, safe with patients. Twice. Twice she's been done. Twice she has been done. And uh, to be honest with you, it's just, it's not good enough. I know that top of the list of alcoholics are doctors. Doctors drink the most I mean they they say stress I want to be a radio presenter and uh, so Steve says Peter and Kent well done regarding the OAP I can't begin to tell you what I would want to do if I found these these people or this person or whoever it is I mean it's it's just wrong it's just wrong and they should be made to suffer I saw a woman the other day she was being... Ki- it's one of these police programmes. They seem to be doing the social services work. And uh, the landlady wanted her out of the house. She comes back, she's shouting the odds, effing and blinding and all the rest of it. And the police have to put her in the car. She then tries... She says, to them, I'm going to bite you. I'm going to bite... And I thought, so the police have to sit there and listen to this garbage from this old drunk. It was really embarrassing. Very embarrassing. We we need to have short, sharp shock treatment. I used to work for Memorex, Sandra. Uh, which you mentioned, in Hounslow. Did you get extra for your long play during Sheila's show? You see, everybody keeps telling me about this, and I don't remember being on Sheila's show. Was it a a, a prereq? Did something happen? Do tell me. Phil Vickery says, what about the kids eating their poor carrots? Well, don't go down that route. Now we're eating, Kevin. It's not so good, is it? Why do people take things so seriously? I mean, I don't think when I was young I ever thought that, you know little sort of cartoons were real. That was why Home Alone was so successful, because all of the things that happened to the two baddies were things that happened in cartoons. So when an iron hit him in the face, his face took on the shape of the iron. All that kind. I thought that was, that was good. And he was called Kevin as well. Look at that. Just wanted, you know, Dame Barbara and Scott went to see Bonnie in 42nd Street. The audience went wild when they saw her. Delightful, young Burnett, of course. He says, not so young. Incredible lady. Yes, not so young, Burnett. Bless him. That's Barry Burnett, who's a lovely, lovely, lovely man. And he knows I say that because every time I hear from him, I always say the same thing. Oh, look, we've got the news, Barry. So make yourself a cup of tea because we've got uh, the deadly kebab like Russian roulette. And, um, oh, yes, newborns laugh like chimpanzees. Where? I've got no idea. We'll probably find out a bit later. You're
0: listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: What time did the emergency tape kick in? Yesterday was Sheila Fogarty. Nobody ever tell I could be getting royalties for this. Unlikely, but, you know, you might as well try for it. Uh, Steve, I used to work with an Australian girl, and she said the Aussies laugh at us as Ugg boots are actually slippers over there. They do make Ugg slippers, don't they? They make Ugg slippers. I like a pair of slippers, not at work. I do like a pair of slippers. Steve, I hate the people who self-serve at a supermarket and then bag the item after they've scanned and paid. Scan as you go, says Pete. Zara wears Dr Martens. Actually, Martha Carney made the newspapers years ago. Martha Carney keeps bees and uh, is married to Chris. And she was featured in the paper because she wore Dr Martens in LBC. I don't know why I thought that was unusual at the time. Are they Dr Martens? Yeah, but you like Idris Elba, don't you? So, I mean... So, <laughs> Big fan of the of the Idris, uh, so so Dame Barbara uh, Windsor and Scott went to see Bonnie Langford in Forty Second Street the other night, and the audience went wild. I mean, you would do if you go to the theatre and you get to see Young Burnett, and you get to see Barbara Windsor. You know, I mean, that's quite an exciting thing. You go, guess who we saw? They'd be all the people from that show the other night. Guess who? Guess who we actually saw? We saw Barbara Windsor. Barbara Windsor was there. I think that's nice. Uh, Steve, I haven't had a telly for years. I just have a radio. I don't have a computer either. Oh, Lord. You've survived without a computer. Because, actually, if, if you've got the uh, computer, then you can watch sort of television on it. Finally had to get some Brussels sprout crisps. They taste like school dinner cabbage, says Janice. Well, it, it just, it's just a flavouring, isn't it? You might as well just sort of grate uh, Brussels sprouts and sort of fry them, I suppose. Talking about distressing adverts... Have you seen the NHS antibiotic one with the singing, dancing pill? says Tracy? No. <laughs> have you seen it? Oh, that sounds all right to me. It's, it's only pretend. Singing and dancing pills, that's okay. Good Lord, honestly. Uh, Steve, uh, never mind driveways. On rambling routes, walkers are entitled to come through your house. Yes, I know. Yes, if, if it's old, established bridal way, people can walk through your, your, your property and stuff like that. You have to check. You have to check. Is that what Gino De Campo's upset about? Well, I don't know, he's, he's only tiny, isn't he? So we don't worry about him. Jid says, Steve, someone kept parking on my drive and I left a polite note on the windscreen, but they ignored the note, so I started to remove windscreen wipers. They soon stopped. Yes, <laughs> you can get stickers. You can get stickers from a company called Seton and you put it on the side window, not on the front one, put it on the side window and it says, basically, you're parking without permission. We'll have your car removed next time. But the good news is you can't get the sticker off. You can't get it off. Gino De Campo wants public footpath by his uh, home closed because of fans taking pictures. I thought that's why you're in the business of Campo. And so they've got a picture of his house. And uh, he's a cook. They don't even put him down. And uh, his privacy is being invaded at his house in Harvard. Well, that's tough, isn't it? That's tough. Oh, that's the house, is it? Oh, that's quite, it must be two houses. It's got two two side doors on it. Oh, it provides access to the GP surgery, the pathway, and patients be forced to travel further. Well, you just have to put up with it, love. You should have checked that. He said a couple of times. I have, I'm sorry, I've had people in my garden taking pictures, and there are frequent knocks on the door. Well, you know, unfortunately, that's that's what you're in the. If you don't want to be in the business, then get out. You know, if you can't be bothered to do something like that, they've got seven bedrooms. Well, apparently in 2016 it had seven bedrooms. What's it got now? Maybe it's got three or something. Uh, the practice manager says many of our patients are elderly and the longer walk around the lives would have an effect on them. So there you go. You know, it's it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Just get over yourself. It's nothing. It's elderly people going there. If you didn't want to buy there, why don't you buy a place further in the country? Go and live by yourself. That'd be nice. Um, so Seton, S-E-T-O-N is the company. They make these stickers and they're permanent. They either do ones which peel off, which seems a dreadful waste of money, you know, if you can inconvenience somebody the way they've inconvenienced you, and you haven't put it on their front windscreen, it's okay. You can do that. God, my tea making's better. Better by the day. I bet it's awful, isn't it? If you're lying in bed, and and somebody starts drinking tea on the radio, slurping or otherwise, um, all of a sudden, I'm afraid it just gets. You have to get up. You have to get up and go and get the cup of tea. Here is the story uh, of. Uh, a girl called Megan Lee. Uh, and two takeaway bosses whose kebab meal killed her with a nut allergy have been sent to prison. Takeaway owner, Mohammed Abdul Kudus, and the manager, Harun Rashid, were found guilty last month of unlawful killing by gross negligence. Kudus was jailed for two years, while Rashid, who claimed he was just a delivery driver, was sentenced to three. They failed uh, to tell them... Uh, she did inform the Royal Spice Takeaway that she was allergic to nuts when she ordered an onion bargee. oh, lovely, a Sikh kebab and Peshwari naan. Well, the bread contained peanut protein, which sparked an asthma attack. Her mum tried to save her, but she died two years later because they didn't uh, they didn't follow the advice. I don't know what people like that think about people who have nut allergies, but if somebody tells you that, then you have to let them know what it's but they I shouldn't imagine they've got the faintest idea either. They probably don't don't make their peshwari nans. Um these are heartbreaking stories of pets being nicked across Britain. Uh 60 dogs are stolen every week. One in 5 dogs return to their owners. 52% stolen from gardens, 16% nabbed on walks and 5% removed from cars or vans. Valuable breeds are even stolen by thugs at knife point. I think we know what sort of people these are. They're people who nick other people's animals. And then sometimes they blackmail them into handing over money if they want them back again. Uh, Some of them wait for animals to be let off the lead, then they clip and run. And uh, they've got here. Their dog, Holtz, was stolen to make money and then dumped. Ruth says, how can people be so cruel? Because they're peasants, that's why. Because they're peasants. Ridiculous, isn't it? But people do nick dogs. They do nick dogs. Uh, It's been less than a year since James White won Lord Sugar's investment after being the first ever joint winner of The Apprentice. But he won't be counting his earnings from the youngster anytime any time soon, as accounts for the recruitment firm show a £30,000 loss in the first six months working together. Not very good, is it? Only going to prove that, uh, you know, the Apprentice people are as thick as they appear on the programme. Ronan Keating has championed his wife Storm to join next year's Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, God. What, do we have to put up with that as well? What for? but apparently they're all going to take part in a in a charity thing and um uh it uh, what would happen if she was hit by the show's curse well that's not going to happen at all and and I thought it was a good story and I was right because former blue peter presenter Simon Thomas revealed uh this week that he has a new relationship a year after losing his wife Gemma and uh, Simon told um a radio Program. I don't think you ever really move on this person is helping me define life again helping me to feel happy and and I said well that's his but he's been talking about you know the grief and his son and everything else his sunrise and then all of a sudden you bring somebody else in I have a feeling she's probably known to the family anyway otherwise you don't just pick up the phone to a stranger do you but they've actually got a bloke here he says he found love only five months after his wife died and no he says it wasn't too soon. It's odd, isn't it, how all of a sudden you can sort of not airbrush somebody out of your life, but you can feel sufficiently enamoured with somebody to actually want to go out with them, you know, even though you're suffering bereavement. It's an odd one, isn't it? I think it's very, very odd. Kate says a good pair of boat shoes are a must for comfort. Google them and have a look. I've got boat shoes. I've got boat shoes. I couldn't wear Dr. Mark. I can't do laces. I can't do laces. All my shoes have got to be slip-ons. Doesn't sound so good, does it? There's a big piece in one of the papers today. Which paper is it? Which paper is it? Is it the mirror? That's right, yeah. Denise Welsh at 60. Well, 60's nothing. What's she on about? I mean, I thought she was going to say Denise Welsh at 80. In which case we go, OK, fantastic. Not 60. 60's nothing at all nowadays. That's so you're just getting going, aren't you, at 60? God, blimey. She's talking about booze, boys and bearing all. But as I say, 60 is not very exciting at all. Let's say, if if she'd said she was 70 or 80, I could understand it. Uh, Steve, going back to your meat topic yesterday, says Wayne, why are all bird meats called the same as they were when they were alive, but all the others except lamb are called something else when it becomes food? How does that work? Oh, what, you get chicken, turkey, then you get beef and pork and lamb. That would seem okay, wasn't it? I mean, lamb is the same. So I don't know. It's it's funny though. People are very sensitive about it. Meat eaters. I mean, even if you even if you eat meat, you don't want to go and watch. You know, birds being killed or animals being killed because that's the side of it. It's like you know, you sort of you love your granny, but you don't want to see her being done by a mortician, do you? You don't want to watch things like that. There are certain things that we don't want to watch. We understand what the end the end result is. You know, at the, the end of sort of an animal's life, it's going to be pre-packaged on a bit of polystyrene. If you went to an abattoir, you'd hate it. Of course you would. I wouldn't want to go there. They always say that if you actually went to an abattoir, you'd probably stop eating meat, because all they do is they're, they're, they're just they're just providing for what the what the country requires, and it requires meat. We are a meat-eating country. I think there is this new factory, isn't it, the one that can process something like two million birds a week, chickens... Chicken is the most popular meat and it's the cheapest. So they've got a factory that processes them and it's literally sort of automated. It's literally automated. They come in in cages, they're hung upside down, they think they're going to the fun fair. They don't know. They've got no idea. And, um, and it's, it's just done quite, quite clinically. But there again, it's exactly the same as, as going to an undertaker's and watch somebody being embalmed and then going to watch a cremation. You know, you've seen behind the scenes at, at crematorium. You know exactly what what they do there. They just have to get. And they they were doing an advert the other day on YouTube for a particular trolley that moves up and down automatically. And also, they're offering wider coffins and a wider trolley, with sort of a, 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 a sort of a huge amount of weight uh, as load bearing. Uh, Scarlett's a celebrity. No, she's not really. She's just a bit of a chav. And she's not particularly good at presenting. And uh, she's going off to Australia, which is good. We're very happy. She flowed premium economy. She didn't go first class because they say get her into first class. And she didn't. She did premium economy, as far as I know. Unless this is first class, I don't know. Uh, also, um, premium economy from a thousand quid. Uh, Joe Swash went. He's a dirty little person, isn't he? Every time you look at him, when I say dirty, he looks like he needs a good bath. He never bothers having a shave. He's just a He's all a bit silly, but then she's a bit like that as well, isn't she? Uh, and so he went over there with his son Harry and his mother. So uh, that's why he was in premium economy at a thousand quid from, she was first class from £3,000. But there's only one of us, so presumably they all get the same allowance. How you spend it is up to you. And uh, she went first class, and then somebody took a picture of her with her chavy scarf on and, uh, and a baseball cap. See, I actually get on planes now, and I just want to go to sleep. That's all I do. First thing I do, I make sure the blind goes up and down on the window. Got my bottle of water there for when I wake up, and off I go. I'm more than happy.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. My friend Christopher says, morning, Ledge. I think that's short for legend. (laughs) I I thought you had to be dead to be a legend. I'm not sure if you can do it when you're alive. Love a celeb in the audience. When I lived in L.A., I used to go and watch the LA Lakers basketball team and regularly sat opposite Jack Nicholson and Burt Bacharach. So cool. That would be. The trouble is, we'd be the only people who recognise these people, wouldn't we, now? So Jack Nicholson's still alive, isn't he? Still alive. And is Burt Bacharach still alive? Yep, still alive. Well, there we go. Happy days all round. Happy days. Do you think they actually went, oh, look, there's there's Christopher over there. (laughs) He's always over there. Jack Nicholson is 81... And Bert Bacharach is, if he's 81, he's got to be a little bit older, hasn't he? He's much older. Oh, what? what is he? 90. 90? Wow. 90 and 81. What conversations do they have? I don't know. You peed today? Yeah, I peed today. What Did you pee yesterday? I peed yesterday. I just peed now. Just while I was sitting here talking to you. That's the advantage of getting to that age Who the hell wants to make it to the toilet Let's not bother Uh, Steve I think a lot of people would like to uh, punish the burglars Who beat up that elderly man But we won't If the perpetrators were standing in front of me Having been proven to be guilty I'd look away to demonstrate my disgust But I'd never lower myself to their level No that's why I think there should be some, some sort of deterrent These people should be taught the error of their ways But I'm suspecting if they've nicked his television They're druggies and they wouldn't. They wouldn't care less. They, did, they just want the, the next fix of drugs. That's it. Little Julie says we had a sparrow hawk rescued safely yesterday from the warehouse at work. Please give a shout out to the Wildlife Aid in Surrey for helping our feathered friend. <sighs> I like that Wildlife Aid in Surrey. Well done. Well done. I like the name Kevin so much. I've decided to change my name. My my name to uh, Kevin Reena Milk. Kevin Reena Milk. I don't know why. (laughs) Sounds quite good. If you can't do laces, why not try a pair of Vans? I have loads of Vans. Thank you, Adrian. And uh, he says, I owe you one after your Greg's Bacon Roll recommendation. And I did recommend Vans to my father-in-law. He's 70 and he loves them. Well, they do plain colours. You don't have to have all fancy colours. You can do plain ones. I've got plain black, plain blue, the white ones, which look like... You're liking those biscuits, aren't you? You like those biscuits. They're a bit easy to eat, aren't they? Why don't they make packets of biscuits bigger? uh aldi should put a clip at the end of their kevin the christmas carrot advert saying no carrots were harmed in the making of this advert should put the little kiddies minds at rest yeah it's the parents though isn't it what what, we we can't get compensation because they were traumatized do you know to be honest with you had it not said kevin's carrots on the side of it whatever it was i wouldn't have had the faintest idea and i certainly wouldn't remember it was from last year why do people remember the oddest things Kate says, a good pair of oh, boat shoes. We've already done boat shoes, haven't we? i just remembered, actually, because I've got boat shoes. Going back to my hometown, says Helen of Salisbury this weekend for my annual visit to see my mum. will support all the local shops by Christmas shopping and watch the Christmas lights being switched on. I cannot wait. And don't forget, you have to go there because you go to look at the clock, don't you, which is what those Russian spies said. Uh, I hate queuing Steve for more than three minutes at the checkout. The person that wants to know whether he's won on the lottery and then buys ten more tickets because he thinks he may win next week really drops my heart. Five people behind them waiting patiently and oblivious to what they're doing. Why do all of that at the busy time of the day? The boy or girl having to use the lottery machine hasn't a clue how it works. You start the day with heart and by ten past eight you're filled with anger. Oh, I just smile to myself. And then, of course, people think you're mad. You start sitting there smiling the m twenty says gary on the m twenty is lit up like a Christmas tree this morning. All these gay lorry drivers, very pretty though I know it's amazing it is then it is the new job to be a gay lorry driver they They've decided that's it, so any lorries you see with lights in you know fluorescent and otherwise in the cab or a little tree, a little tree is a dead giveaway sitting on the dashboard but uh, all all gay. It's the latest gay thing. I don't know. I don't know why or how it started. I can't even remember how it started. Uh, some of my neighbours are in their sixties, Steve, and they told me they do it all the time because the children have left home. La 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 la. We don't want to hear that sort of talk at this time of the morning. Good grief! Where do you think you are? Actually, talking of people doing a heroic deed, this is a father who turned his own son into the police after calls to name and shame disgusting vandals who damaged a First World War memorial statue. The parent has been praised for naming his 15-year-old who dented the metal uh, silent soldier silhouettes and tried to rip it from its base. He's offered to pay to have the statue in Gloucestershire repaired in time for a commemorative event this coming Sunday. And uh, the council chief says we'd like to thank the parent for coming forward. Well done. Well done. He's not named, incidentally. Obviously, it's uh, trying to protect, you know, him and uh, and the uh, and the, the the useless son. Irene says, "Kirk Douglas, hundred and one. Yeah, he's hundred and two next month. We know that because we talked about him yesterday. Uh, also, what do we got here? Oh, Vera, a poppy seller. She's raised a million pounds selling poppies. It's only taken her seventy-three years. I mean, I don't want to be rude, but well, it's not really working fast, is it? So about like, pop." okay you know anybody a any poppy here a poppy there a poppy everywhere a poppy old MacDonald had a poppy E-y-y-y. 70 when they said 73 years i couldn't stop myself laughing because i saw i thought they were going to say she's done it in a year i thought that's a lot of poppies you'd have to sell a lot of poppies i saw a very big one the other day very big in, impressive there's all sorts of giant poppies out there I, I, don't, I don't i don't think something too big As i said to andrew pierce the other day is uh is particularly good i saw eddie mayer at the meeting, looking very well, and had some very smart t- trainers on—way too smart for me. He's—he's he's a size eleven, Eddie Mayer, twelve in Wellingtons. You always go up a size in Wellingtons, don't you? You go up a size. So he, he's a size twelve, but he's very flashy trainers. I mean, I'm serious. i serious—I couldn't take my eyes off them. I was sort of strangely drawn to Eddie Mayer's feet, thinking, you know, that's... they're very bright red, weren't they? Very bright. I didn't—I didn't like to ask because they were obviously terribly expensive. They obviously weren't in my sort of league at all. You know, sort of £35 for a pair of shoes. <laughs> Did you get your woolly hat yet? No. No, I'm still waiting for John to buy me one. I might have to go and do it. Uh, Gucci Tom says those gay drivers will go mad. I know. Because up until now, it's been a bit of a secret, hasn't it? But uh, ever since we, uh, we announced on air that that's what it was. Because somebody told us. They said that, you know, gay lorry drivers have lights in their cabs. Of course, we'll, we'll, we'll probably get a couple of fake ones now, writing and going, well, I've got lights in my cabin. I'm not gay. You go, yeah, so just by writing that, we know you're guilty. <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing ever. Talking about Sprouts and uh, Jan in Ingate Stone sent me in something, but I can't read it, so I don't know what it is. I think I the think producer might have taken it from, from another, another source. Uh, Richard said, just booked my flight for my first Christmas at home for 10 years. I live in Japan and on Christmas Day, it's traditional to buy KFC. Will They open on Christmas Day. I don't know. Don't know if KFC's open. Might be. Might be. Uh, what are we going to do? Oh, you me know, just quickly. So, here, they, uh, Denise Welsh, they go, Oh, she's undressed to impress. I've kicked booze and drugs and lost over two stone. Now, at 60, I don't look too bad for an old bird. You're 60! That's nothing at all. I'd expect you to look a lot better at 60. I mean, you really do look like an old woman. But, you know, that's the way it's been, I suppose. If you've if you've done, you know, lots of drugs and drinking and stuff like that, eventually it catches up on you. Um seven thousand people still watch telly in black and white. That's what they've said here. Uh fifty years since the advent of colour, that was July sixty seven. July sixty seven they brought in colour colour television. And um it's interesting, 7,000 households still choose to watch on a black and white telly. I don't believe they are. I believe what they're doing, because nobody ever check, is they've actually got a coloured television, but they bought a black and white licence because it's cheaper. They're not watching television in black and white. They really aren't. I mean, that would be just stupid, since we've had the blooming stuff since about 1967. But uh, interesting to watch. Interesting to watch. KFC doesn't open here at Christmas. In Japan... Oh, right, in Japan it's open, but not here Oh, he's going to be very disappointed then if the KFC isn't open. and he's coming over here. Oh, Lord. That's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? I'm not sure if I could eat KFC for Christmas uh, Christmas dinner. Um, another one here. Donnie says, have you ever put your foot in it? I was involved in a slight incident at my girlfriend's house when I put my foot in the cat litter tray. Let's just say the cat was not amused. No. I chased a cat through my sitter room once. It was one of our cat. We had two cats years and years ago and chased it through. And uh, it jumped into the paint tray. And then on my uh, green tumble twist carpet, eighty twenty woolen wool and nylon, uh, it left little white paw marks all over the place. I was going, but get off that carpet! Going berserk, I was. Exeter Cathedral, Steve, had the most amazing indoor Christmas market yesterday. The Remembrance Sunday display was stunning. I had my first homemade mince pie, pie and coffee, says Pauline. How nice. Tell your friends, Pauline, we're always here for a mince pie in the morning. And a taste of home. After the news, I'll tell you which products are craved for by expats People in Australia, people in America, and people in España. You'd be surprised at some of the items on the list. I know I was. So we'll look at that as well. Uh, plus, almost half of us have never tried traditional festive tipples like eggnog. Have you ever you ever tried eggnog? It sounds disgusting, doesn't it? Eggnog. While uh, Yule log and Christmas cakes I've given away to Stollen and Panettone. I love Panettone. I love that. I might get one for this uh, this Christmas, that's lovely. Apparently it's supposed to be nice with hot chocolate. Nice with anything, I should imagine. But uh, what is it that you crave when you go abroad, or if you've moved from this country to somewhere else? What can't you get? This list will set the cat among the pigeons.
0: You're listening to a podcast from
1: LBC. Think about that poor woman who's raised a million pounds for poppies, but it's only taken 73 years. What age did she start, for goodness sake? Uh, Trouble is, says Phil Vickery, Brussels sprout, poor parsnip and old spud will all think Kevin's getting all the attention. They'll be going on strike. Mind you, we were only told a short while ago, weren't we, that there could be a shortage of Brussels sprouts this uh, Christmas. I don't think there will be. They always say that. I mean, you don't need to buy them now. uh, And if if you go to, you know, proper fruit and veg shops, they've got everything. Even, you know, you can get strawberries at the moment. Strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, nothing really out of season. And then very shortly, nuts. Bags of nuts hanging up, because people like nuts. It's supposed to be very good for you. Barbara Windsor loves uh, Brazil nuts, because I took her a big bag round once. Unfortunately, I think the bag was bigger than she was. And uh, and they're they're supposed to be very, very good for you. Very, very good for you. Uh, Yesterday, uh, says Howard, I purchased a flashing neon sign. Very worrying because I'm neither a driver or gay. Yeah. These who deny it, as they say, Howard. Listen, come on, you bought a neon sign. That's it. Phil says Japan's KFC would be open on Christmas Day because most of the country is Buddhist. I had the same thing in Tanzania and Malaysia. I worked in retail all my life. Had this crazy urge to shop all day on Christmas Day because I could. Yes, I mean, what he's going to discover when he gets over here that there's no KFCs open on Christmas Day. Although, to be honest with you, it would save an awful lot of time and trouble, wouldn't it? Uh, Jonathan in Flintshire says, uh, I'm a size 12 Wellington boot. <laughs> and um, and says, I never seem to fall over. Oh, that's nice. Nathan in Manchester says, I miss your Danny Dyer Love Island impressions. I know uh, we don't do them very often, mainly because we're, we're, we're trying to just get rid of her and forget about the fact that she even exists so much easier. Please, don't mock the woman who took seventy three years to raise a million pounds. It's an amazing achievement to raise so much money and work tirelessly for charity. You should be praising her for the hard work. Bad form from you this morning, Steve. You're barred now, okay, I've decided you are bored. I mean that's thirteen thousand seven hundred pounds a year. Well, most people give a couple of quid, don't they? So how many poppies has she done twenty six <laughs> no you're 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 barred actually now I've decided. We don't have people like you writing in at this time of the morning. Obviously obviously you've got a little bit of a cob on, so we have to, we have to curb it for you, so uh, no more. OK, that's it. Uh, what else we got here? When I was at school in the 70s, I was called Kevin the Kitten and Kevin Keegan. I feel sorry for redhead Kevins at school now. Oh, I think Kevin's such a good name. You've got to have another name, though, haven't you? Definitely. Uh, Steve from Terry, the ex-Bugle Major Proud to be marching with the Royal Green Jacket contingent on Sunday It is, as you know, Remembrance Sunday Do not come near central London unless you're taking part You can see it all on the television And you can hear the commentary on the radio as well There'll be lots of uh, regular updates But it will be taken over, lots of road closures uh, I'll be here on Sunday morning as per usual I shall make my uh, my way in and, uh, was it Kevin the Miltman who said he had blocked ears yesterday? So many Kevin, says Holly. Anyway, blowing up balloons will help clear the ears. Yeah, we were trying to come up with what, what do you do if you get that... So if you travel on an aeroplane with with a cold, I mean, you can come, You can be deaf as a plank by the time you get down. again. gets terrible. Uh, Grace says, I haven't bought any mince pies yet, but I enjoyed my pork pies from Waitrose. Oh, you haven't bought mince pies yet? Mince pies are so cheap. I don't know why anybody makes mince... No, people do make mince pies, but to be honest with you, I don't know why. They're, they're so cheap to buy. I mean, a box of six mince pies, one fifty, something like that. I mean, you can't make them for that price. And uh, and they're always very good. I think the standard is very, very good. I will tell you, actually, in a, in a minute, the taste of home. The ten products for expats, you know, as we go around the world and you sit there and you suddenly realise that you go to your local shop and they haven't got anything you recognise. Especially if you go to Australia, there's all sorts of strange things. So, what are people after in Australia? What are people after in America, where you would think that they would get everything? I remember in Vienna when I was there, some expats opened a British shop, bringing over British items like Sunpat peanut butter and Marmite and things like that, and they did really good business because because the the Brits over there wanted all this stuff because we can't we can't live without it. So in Spain. Now, shall I? I'll do this from number 10, because some of these things, I don't know where they've got the... Oh, sorry. Where they've actually come from, I've got no idea. Uh, number 10, in Spain, Robinson's Squashed Summer Fruits. What the God's name is that? Is that just sort of... Is that a new name for multi-fruited squash? Is that it, do you think? Like the stuff... Oh, right, OK. Number nine, this is the one we couldn't get our head round at all. Rubicon Sparkling Lychee Juice Drink. Who's drinking that? Is this a free advert, do you think, for these, these companies? Because I've never heard of that. Uh, number eight, Paxo Sage and Onion Stuffing Mix. Okay. Number seven, Bisto Gravy Granules. Number six, Aptamil First Milk. Number five, Aptimil follow-on. This is beginning to sound like a free advert, this. So, wait a minute. So, we've sort of thrown in Rubicon. Robinson's Aptimil. Next one is Robinson's Apple and (laughs) Blackcurrant. Robinson's Orange Squash. Number two, McVitie's Ginger Nuts. And number one, Warburton's Crumpets. I think they're hoping to get some good advertising out of this from people. Uh, Over in America, at number ten, Bisto Gravy. They can't get Bisto gravy in America. They must do something themselves. The Americans are way ahead of all of this kind of thing. Uh, Number nine, Cadbury's Crunchy. Okay. Number eight, Cadbury's Flake. I mean, it's American-owned. Why can't they... Oh, stop it. Why can't they get it? Uh, Number seven, Heinz Tomato Soup. Six, (laughs) Aptimil Follow-On Milk. I'm seeing a pattern here. Wait a minute. Number five, Robinson's Orange Squash. Seeing a pattern emerging? I am. Uh, Number four, McVitie's Jaffa Cakes. Hello? Number three, Robinson's Apple and Blackcurrant Squash. Are you telling me that in America they don't do an Apple and Blackcurrant Squash? Two, Warburton's Crumpets. And number one, Heinz Beans. That's an American company, isn't it, Heinz? Is it? Have you ever heard of anything like it? I mean, really? (laughs) And it's height. That's what I thought it was, yeah. Uh, And finally, in Australia, in Australia, ladies and gentlemen, this is the interesting one. At number 10, (laughs) wait till you hear the familiar names coming up, Walker's Prawn Cocktail Crisps. Can't get that, apparently. Number nine, Heinz Oxtail Soup. Uh, 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 Disgusting. Number eight, Mr Porky Scratchings. (laughs) Number seven, some very odd people going to Australia. Seven is Nestle's Shreddies. Or Nestlé Shreddies, number six, Walker's Frazzles. God, they're buying some rubbish, aren't they? Over in uh, over in Australia. Five is Smith's Scampy Fries. Four is Smith's Bacon Fries. Three, Walker's Cheese and Onion Crisps. Number two, here we go, Aptimil First Milk, <laughs> and number one, Heinz Beans. What is it with this, this? Oh, dear me, honestly. You some, you laugh, don't you? You sometimes laugh at these things. You think, that can't really be right. They've just made it up, haven't they? They've just made it up. Uh, in Mexico, they had baked beans and corned beef. Uh, whilst in Russia this summer, Jaffa cakes, herbal teas, tomato sauce and oat cakes went... Uh, I don't believe it. Oh, I've just realised my, my phone was sort of uh, repeating everything that I've been uh, saying. Which is good. Uh I have to say, says Phil Vickery, the best mince pies I've tasted this year have been Aldi, very good see I'm eating the uh one or two uh Marks and spencers which which are uh, which are which are quite nice i don't know how much I bet your ones are cheaper, but the best ones we had, if you remember a couple of years ago were iceland they really their their luxury mince pies were delicious, absolutely delicious, and uh Steve, I had to laugh, oh yes, yeah, the Warren says this is when uh, was it Nick Ferrari or somebody else? They were talking about who would be best to speak to aliens when they arrived on planet Earth. And he said, uh, your... Eddie Mayer was doing that. That's right. But uh, your name came up several times. Must be the language you speak. Thank you. I saw Eddie May. Never mentioned it yesterday, you know. Never mentioned it, but he did have some very flashy trainers on. Uh, James O'Brien was second choice. However, I think he was dumped because everybody said he'd be speaking about Brexit. No danger of Steve Allen talking about Brexit, <laughs> as far as I know, anyway. Uh, right, 84850, steve lbc.co.uk. Sarah says if you had your flu jab yet. No, I haven't. Uh, you talk about the shoe size of others. What are your shoe sizes? OK, I'm 10 and a half or 11 in shoes and 12 in Wellingtons. But I don't have any Wellingtons because I don't live in countryside, so I don't have any Wellingtons. But it was always a size up, so you could slip. We had a Wellington boot taker offer. Did you ever have one of those it was a piece of wood with a with like a U shape carved in it and you put your foot on it and then you slide the boot in and then pull up and it it wedges the boot in like a giant uh, yeah but this was for taking them off so it's sort of it sort of looked like that with sort of a cut out there and it was raised a bit so it's it's off the floor at an angle and you slip your boot in it and pull up have you never heard of those? Little Lord above. We had them all the time. Because otherwise, after you'd come in from being in the country, and you know, you know, animals that go to the toilet everywhere, they don't really care. And, um, and so you didn't want to touch your Wellington boots. And so if you were outside, you'd hose them off. God, we were reckless. We didn't care. We didn't care. When we lived in Seattle, says Holly, their bacon was rubbish. We used to travel to Vancouver in Canada and smuggle proper bacon on our return journey. Yes, I mean, the Americans don't do... Bacon, very well. That accounts for McDonald's being rubbish at their Peter Bed wrap thing. Sorry? Oh, yes. <laughs> Aptimill. Was it Aptimill? That's very odd, isn't it? Why would that be? In the th- Can't they get. There must be a- an equivalent to it abroad. Because that cropped up so many times. You begin to wonder if it was product placement. Ha! Ah! Uh, Valisa says, I travel to America regularly. They do get Heinz beans and Cadbury's chocolate, but they're made locally, so they say they, they taste different. Yeah, the American chocolate is different from ours. Very bland, very bland. I actually presented a radio show there, and we did a, a Cadbury's taste test using the American version and the British version, and you could tell the difference. Yes, I, I absolutely know you can, because I've tried American chocolate. In fact, I don't like American sweets, unless it's a, like Hershey's and things like that love kisses was it love kisses i can't remember anyway but valisa uh, nice to hear from you thank you very much indeed uh, and also the one thing that you're not trying now is eggnog and and a yule log you don't do things like that we we we're, we're more interested in um in stollen whiskey sour and espresso martini I only surveyed 1500 people it didn't come around my way i don't remember being asked about it
0: you're listening to a podcast from LBC
1: We must get some of that baby milk. Uh, I reckon there's been tons of it delivered to the newspaper. Anyway, uh, Phil Vickery says, most American chocolate is made with condensed milk. Doesn't taste very nice. Isn't it funny how our tastes vary? You would have thought chocolate would have been standard. I mean, luckily, I'm not a chocolate person. Dale loved chocolate. If ever went out for dinner, you know, quite frequently, he would have to go and find a sweet shop afterwards to get some some chocolate. That was his fix, whereas me, I couldn't couldn't really be fagged either way. Uh, But uh, Phil Vickery... Uh, has got a book on the history of Hershey. Yeah, he said sad, isn't it, really? (laughs) want to see some of the books I've got. I've got very odd taste in books. Seriously, I've I've got sort of books of uh, people's biographies and autobiographies, and then I've got other books on the history of circus, uh, on families. I've just bought the... Uh, the book about the Bay City Rollers, but it's sort of, it's the dark side of the Bay City Rollers. As <laughs> if there was such a thing. Yes, there was such a thing. And so I've, I've got books like that, but I'm not a great reader of books. I can't, I can't apply myself enough. If, if it was on the television, I was watching a, a documentary, I would sit down and, and absorb it quite quickly. Uh, Paul McKenna celebrates his birthday today. Many happy returns. He's made a fortune. He's made an absolute fortune. I should imagine he must be a millionaire many, many times over. He's probably going to be listening, so I'll probably either get a, a text from him going, well, I don't think so, but I'm doing quite well. Uh, you made me laugh, says uh, Paul, when you were talking about pirate videos, and it reminded me when I bought a pirate video just over 20 years ago for three quid, but I only got half a film. Lesson learnt, buyer beware. Yes, the boot remover's called a boot jack. I'm surprised you'd never seen one. I mean, we we bought ours at, like, sort of a country fair. Don't I mean, when I was when I was nine... Nine years old, we used to have one. In fact, most people in the country have got one of these. I bet Ant has, has, has definitely got one. Uh, Donnie says, I know when I'm on overseas visitations, I do miss Yorkshire tea. But have you noticed how everywhere else seems to sell Lipton's? Yes, because it's old and established. Yorkshire tea. You see, I haven't drunk Yorkshire tea because it always strikes me as if you could stand the spoon up in the cup. Which I don't have a problem with. I mean, yesterday, because we had our our RAJAR meeting, and it is... I mean, I wish I had the energy to sort of stick around after the meeting for a lot longer to sort of catch up with a few people that I don't see very often. But uh, by the time we go, oh, yeah, I get all the way to Waterloo, again, there's been an incident. Cancelled, cancelled, delayed, cancelled, delayed. How did I get home? I had to go all the way to Kingston and get the bus from Kingston to go back... Oh. Dear me, honestly, because I couldn't use the central line to get back because they were on strike. Dear me, honestly, the things we put up with in London, but we don't complain. Well, I do. <laughs> I do. Uh mince pies, Aldi, all made by Mr Kipling. How do I know? I work for them. Oh, There are lots of places that make uh, for different people. United Biscuits used to make for, for loads of people, mainly Marks and Spencer's. They did the Marks and Spencer's cakes and, and biscuits and stuff like that. I still like What are those things... They like the little flaky pastry thing with lots of sultanas in it. I like those. That'd be nice. Uh, Simon from Sutton will not be recommending Aptimil follow-on milk. However, Greg's mince pies are quite nice. <laughs> Phil Vickery has gone mad this morning. If you notice, he's on a roll today. He's probably had jelly beans or something. He says, I remember woodwork lessons in the 70s. Woodwork lessons in the 70s. You see, I liked woodwork. He said, one of the first things we made was a welly boot remover. Because it's actually quite simple, isn't it? It's just sort of, it's just two bits of wood. One is the little bit that sort of makes it an angle. And the the other bit is the bit you're cutting out. I made a poker. (laughs) I was quite good at metalwork. I mean, I I made a, shows of theatrical leanings. I made a theatre light. My mother said, where do you think that's going? (laughs) Obviously, no, going back to school. And, And then I made a poker which we used to have because it had my name stamped on the side of it. And it was, it was, you had to sort of drill the middle bit out and then screw thread it and then put the, yeah. We didn't have a fire, we just had the poker. Wasn't very exciting, was it? But it it, it definitely was part of our, my parents were quite proud of the fact that I'd made, look, our sons made a poker and brought it back from school. And then every time we used to do, pickled onions. My mother used to say, because they'd say, oh, we've we've got pickled onions for sale from the school greenhouse and stuff like that. And I would buy loads. My mother would do pickled onions. I mean, honestly, I must have been a right little child, going home with bags of pickled onions. And my mother would pickle them for winter. Like picking... You know, the apples off the tree, wrapping them in newspaper and putting them in the shed so that we always had fresh fruit over Christmas. People, you know, be many, of, many of my ladies listening at the moment and many of my gentlemen as well who had a store cupboard. It was quite normal to have a store cupboard, things that you would put away, things that you would hang up and things you would put away for Christmas. People did all sorts of things. People were very industrious. I told you my mother would go out. She would make her Yule tide log. She'd go and find the log. My father would sort of cut it cut it in half, drill some holes to put candles in. She would decorate it with holly and everything else. In the window, she would find a piece of a piece of branch which was twisted and all sorts of things. She'd look at it and cut it down and make things of it, embed it in, you know, sort of plaster and stuff like that, spray it white and then hang baubles on it. Very industrious. None of this going out buying stuff. We are in the middle of nowhere. Ridiculous. I know your love of mince pies, but the way I like them, says Ian, is first warm them. That makes the pastry more equable. Squirt some spray cream on top. Only a modicum. Put your finger in the spray cream and make a hole. Uh, Add a sentiment or even an intonation of dark rum. Oh no, not on a mince pie. Not dark rum. Whisk whiskey I can have like those Walker's ones. Smooth over with teaspoon to save the rum dribbling and then enjoy. Eccles cakes. Dead fly cemetery. Flaky pastry with sultana, says Brian. Eccles cakes. They're nice. They're really... We've had those a couple of times. A lot of people not, not recommending Aptimil because it featured in that, uh, in that advert for the food that people want abroad. In fact, it was so obvious. It wasn't an advert, but it, it just it featured in everything. I've never heard of people going, Where well, they're going, oh, sorry, we're actually going to Australia. Can you get Aptimil? <laughs> Is it, we're in Spain. Really? Where are you? And we're sort of Grenada, something like that. All right. Can you get Aptimil? That's how it goes, isn't it? Co-op mince pies are very nice. And they do a pack of two deep-filled mince pies that add brandy in. Very good price. I could kill for a Scotch egg, says Ulrika. Harrods Food Halls sell the best, guaranteed to be full of carcinoids. Sadly, not permitted to be exported. No, no. You can probably make them, actually. And uh, Steve, Mark from Orlean's House, he says, When you went to Zippo's, did you see the circus photographs by the Twickenham photographer Cathy Cooper? They were in a little circus tent. Oh, I love Sir I've got a thing about circus. And I've had it for a lot. Circus and funfairs. So, yes, in answer to all your questions, will you be going to Winter Wonderland this year? No doubt, yes. Not going on any rides after my dreadful experience the other year, where I seriously thought I was dying. I mean, seriously, I thought I was dying. I thought, oh, dear, this this is it. Went on a roller coaster. Never again. I don't mind the roller coaster, but this is one that spins you round, and and I've got stents in. I've got sort of six or eight stents in. and risk losing those. Uh, Steve, says Paul, uh, Dave O'Brien would fail in his attempt to communicate with alien visitors, as most of his vocabulary isn't in the standard interplanetary dictionary. (laughs) I think he could befuddle them. He came up with some words the other day. I was trying to write them down, but as I was driving at the time, it was slightly difficult because the pen kept going off the page. And uh, I didn't, just in case I wrote, well, that's very irresponsible, isn't it? No, luckily I've got a thing, you push a button and it records everything. Uh, Australian chocolate has an anti-melting agent because of the hot weather, says Ben in Hungerford. Must be a first, we haven't had anybody from Hungerford. I know Hungerford very well, very well. But uh, somebody else saying also, um, I've been abroad and we we didn't bother about uh, aptimil at all. Uh, Steve, Canadian bacon, best in the world. We also have ketchup flavored potato chips. Oh, how how does that work? How do you get a ketchup flavored potato chip? I'm not sure about that one. Ooh, hello, hello. How are you? Good. You look very well. So I'm having to say things from. <laughs> Go. <laughs> they're all mad I get all people from other studios they come and stand at the door and exhibit themselves so one minute I'm sitting here the next minute Mr M turns up at the door but I I know what are they doing these people have gone mad in this building actually as we, as we get near, I'm definitely going to bring my tree in but I don't know when to bring it in it's only tiny and I'm, I'm thinking about having it super glued to the desk because I think somebody will take it and it costs £6 it's not a cheap little. It's quite pretty. One of its balls fell off the other day. And because uh, I think I put it in the bag, was going to bring it in, and then I decided not to bring it in. Uh, Pamela Anderson is fascinated by Julian Assange. Yeah, well, you would be, wouldn't you? Don't know why. She was being interviewed the other day. I do not know if it was a new interview or an old interview by Piers Morgan. And uh, there were all sorts of questions I wanted to ask her. I'd have been asking her a lot of questions. Jenny Murray. Jenny Murray is a, is a radio presenter, and she's been in the business almost as long as I have. Uh, in fact, I think I might have been on it a little bit longer. Oh, she's 68, so she's much older than I am. But anyway, she uh, was going to be down at the Oxford University speaking, and then she pulled out. And the reason she pulled out is because she was going to be interviewed about the uh, by the History Society on Saturday about powerful British women. Because I think women's voices on radio is quite a powerful thing to have anyway she's cancelled the appearance for personal reasons but activists tried to no platform her by claiming her views caused tangible harm to transgender people and so and it was over a, a throwaway comment you know she she which she wrote actually i think in a sunday times article she said uh, a piece was headed be trans be proud but don't call yourself a real woman she says, Can someone who's lived as a man with all the privileges that entails really lay claim to womanhood? It takes more than a sex change and makeup. So, as that, they've decided that uh, they were going to sort of make. So, she pulled out, which is a shame, really. I thought you could have debated that for, for quite a while.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. So, if you go to um, my Twitter feed, which is Steve Allen Show. Was it at Steve Allen Show or just Steve, at Steve Allen Show? And there's the, uh, the video of the Spice Girls at Global... I was so excited. Seriously, I became a total anorak. I was there sort of uh, filming like that. So it's, it's, only, it's only 23 seconds long. Did Ian and Dale have a selfie with him? Well, that's outrageous. He doesn't even do a showbiz programme. Goodness sake, honestly, he'd be telling me next to Eddie Mayer's after sort of, you know, vital parts of the poor girls. Uh, Stuart Manning says, My pet hate, bless him, is when you're in a queue for a cash machine and the person in front of you gets to the front, then starts rifling through pockets and bags for their card. Oh, i tell you what I hate, Stuart, is you go, you're, you're standing sort of at, at a cash machine and I'm always, you know, you, you keep your distance from the car and they put their hand over it when they've kept it. Oh, listen, darling, I would need your card. You know, I'm not remote. I feel like saying to them, I don't need the money. I know it sounds really awful, but... And they put their hand covering it and think, OK, so you've moved your finger there, there. I mean, you could, you could work out what it is anyway, but to be honest, quite honest with you, I've I've kind of sort of... Uh, I've kind of sort of lost interest in things like that. But I agree with you. It does drive you drive you absolutely uh, mad. And uh, best mince pie, says Stuart, because he would know these things, Fortnum & Mason. I can't afford Fortnum & Mason mince pie. Where did I... Where do we think the best... No, I had I had to say... And my, my friend Graham would hate it. But Iceland's Luxury Mince Pies, two years ago, were the best one. I think they're selling them somewhere posh. I think they're selling them somewhere posh because they, they were particularly good. Particularly good. So you should try those, Stuart. Listen, it's no good buying Fortnum & Mason Mince Pies. Or are you passing them off as something you've cooked yourself? <laughs> Nobody'd ever believe it if I ever I said that. Uh, 84850, co and um, Grant, he says, I'm, I'm still shattered. And, uh, oh, no, I going there? Oh, Joanne says, my mum travels to Canada today to visit my big brother. She's been asked to bring out Branston pickle, Cadbury's chocolate rolls and whisper bars. <laughs> what a horrible combination. But uh, you see, Branston pickle, I mean, you can't beat Branston. You know, my favourite thing years ago, little round, what were they called? Little Ritz crackers, the little round ones, little piece of cheese on the top. And then some Branston pickle on the top. You remember, I told you about that um, cheese advent calendar the other day, which Stuart from Sandy's, the fish shop in Twickenham, is selling. Well, the bloke who invented it started tweeting me yesterday because somebody had said Do you need to keep it in the fridge. Yes, yes, you need to keep it in the fridge, but it's it's geared up for that. The actual packaging is sort of is is, is geared up for it. So they that sounds quite a good idea actually. I thought about that because I don't know if my family are cheese eaters. Um, and, and whether or not I, sh- I should actually sort of get one. To, I don't know. I might have to go and check with Stuart. What, what, I, mean, I need to see what they look like. And also, I've got no room in the fridge at the moment to keep anything at all. Think, anyway, every time I go out, I see, oh, I seem to be buying different little bits and pieces, and I get back thinking that I, I could... Oh, Andy Peters is up now this morning. We've got the set today, haven't we? Good Lord. He'll be up, you know why? Jim, and then he'll be doing... Good morning, Britain. It's going to be a competition or something. He says you need the Real Pie Company's Boozy Mince Pies. <gasps> boozy Mince Pies. You see, that's why I like the Walker's ones, because they've got Glenfiddich in. And their sell-by date is fairly lengthy. If you buy now, it'll be until January, whereas you buy most things. It's within about a week and a half. But Boozy... I've heard of the Real Pie Company and Boozy Mince Pies. Oh. So you could have those with custard, couldn't you? When we used to do that years ago, we used to have something at school which was like mince pie and, and and that was good. And they would give you a slice of it and then you put custard on it. Which was delicious. But I to be honest with you, I bought some thick cream the other day. Because I'm not I'm not worried about thick cream. You could do it every so often in moderation. And so and a dollop of that on a warm mince pie is particularly, uh, particularly nice. So but uh, unfortunately I don't have a body like Andy Peters. I don't, You know, he's he's been roughly the same size since I've known him. I don't think I've ever known him sort of put on weight. In fact, it just doesn't seem to be possible. Must be something good going on in his life if you don't put on weight. Uh, 84850. Dallas says, not trying to put you down, but surely a wooden poker would be as useless as the proverbial chocolate teapot. No kidding. Good Lord above. Once he's sussing that one out. Anyway, uh, apparently... You cover your hand at an ATM to rent cameras hidden above the keyboard. Well, who cares? Goodness sake, they need the card. Just having the the, the number isn't much use. They've got to nick your card, haven't they, first of all. Uh, Steve, uh, great programme. Can't stop. Current life is more enjoyable than current affairs. Uh, So uh, bottle your onions with diced carrot around June so it matures. I bet you've never eaten pickled carrot no, no, I haven't, we didn't have that, my mother used to do pickled um, um, cauliflower, pickled cauliflower was very good in fact our store cupboard, I seem to remember in Yorkshire, was a room, freezing cold But I mean we were cold most of the time anyway, because we didn't have central heating, we just had the heat from the arger in the kitchen and that was quite nice, and then, and all these jars, and so she'd save apples She'd, uh, she'd pickle onions. She'd get other onions. It would all be wrapped up and safe. So you always had the, uh, the food. So we, we, never, we never starved. How we ate, I've got no idea. And in, in so much as I cannot remember, there's a blank in my life where I cannot remember us having Christmas. I can't remember if we ever had a tree, but I can remember we didn't have a bathroom. And I can remember that when we had a bath, it was the tin bath in what was called the dining room. Which became the room for washing and ironing and all sorts of things, but uh, and that's what it was. It was it was the tin bath. Even I think that sounds dated. That's strange, isn't it? Uh, Craig says I can't seem to find the Steve Allen show on Twitter. Well, it's probably because you're not spelling it properly. If you learn how to spell it, it might be useful. And I'm not going to tell you. That's just the height of it. It's like writing to the Queen, going dear Quorn, you know. It's not not going to find her, is it? Really, not going to find her. <laughs> Uh, we had a mad woodwork teacher, says Holly. Anyone who was naughty had to choose the paddle or stay after school with him in his 45-minute club. Oh, dear. That sounds a little bit sadomasochistic, doesn't it? Uh, but apparently two paddles were hung on display. You'd bend over, holding tight to your knees, and he would whack your bottom. You can't do that now, can you? Not allowed to uh, to hit people. I used to, I used to get the cane. Uh, only... Every so often. Only every so often. But uh, she says he was a complete weirdo. Well, I think so, actually. But we we, we did have... One of the masters at one of my schools um, also had a predilection for for whacking you either on the back of the hand or on your bottom, which I thought was somewhat strange. Uh, Some ATMs have been tampered with by professional gangs. You insert your card into a false front and that grabs all your card info and stores it in the memory chip. And then the false camera... Seize your pin, they make a clone copy of the card from the memory chip. Yes, I mean, but you can see what these ATMs look like. You can see what they are, because they they don't have certain little bits. Uh, Phil, oh, ask Phil, who sells decent apple pies with proper pastry? Mr Kipling, a rubbish. You can't eat one without the pastry collapsing. I agree, it's too thin. It's too thin. When you lived in Austria, did you have apple strudel? Oh, I love apple strip, but it's, it's a killer for me. It's just dripping in sugar. But A friend of mine, Tony, his his mum make it, and she was, she's Greek. And all of a sudden, she'd say, I'll, I'll just do something to eat. i go, no, no, I couldn't eat anything. Seriously, thank you very much indeed. No, I'll just do a little something. Next thing, there's an entire meal that has arrived out. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at LBC.co.uk. Regarding English products, a disaster in Rome, says Kevin, the expat. He says, uh, very few English products available. I can now order all my Christmas puddings and pies online. The problem is... Where's it gone? Where's it gone? Uh, I can't scroll up on this thing. It doesn't doesn't let me scroll up. Where's it gone to? Oh, where do, Oh, go away. Go away. Wait a minute. That's better. Uh, he says, I can't order frozen produce. Well, it wouldn't it would defrost, wouldn't it? Have you not seen that advert on the television, of the bloke who loves snow so much? And the advert is for what? I've got no idea. But he's got a big container on his drive. And he opens the front door because he imported snow from the North Pole. Of course it's all turned to water. <laughs> Which is good. Uh, how about Cornish clotted cream with a couple of mince pies? I'd listen, anything. Uh, Morrison's mince pies are the best, short crust baked in store. Shame they seem to not to run them this year, says Monica. There's so much competition. So much competition. Laurie in Liverpool says, I bought mince pie flavoured Irish cream. Oh, that sounds quite nice. (laughs) Mince pie flavoured Irish cream. (laughs) Oh, dear. I don't think we should talk about food at this time of the morning. It's it's very, uh, very, uh, (laughs) very bad, isn't it? Uh, Steve, we had a woodwork teacher called Mr Woodcock. Oh, we had a Miss Salt and a Miss Pepper at our school. Seriously? Miss Salt and a Miss Pepper? Uh, Trish says, my card was cleaned in a cash machine. I had 300 taken from the card over the next three days. As that was the daily limit. And I hadn't used it. The claim card was used in another part of the country. And only stopped when I went to get some money out. And was refused. as exceeded the daily limit. My bank would be on the phone to me within seconds. Because they know where I take money out from. There are certain banks that I use to take money out of. And uh, and I'm, I'm very good. I took out the machine. Into the pocket. When I'm in the car. The safety of the car. Because I'm, I'm a bit anal. I have to have all the notes facing the right way, all the heads facing the right way. I won't have anything that comes out of the cash machine, which looks all messy. Drives me mad. Seriously. But uh, if I want to combat stress and Parkinson's, uh, over in Iowa State University, they looked at singing affecting the heart rate, the blood pressure and the cortisol levels in Parkinson's patients. And they thought that belting out a song improved your mood and your symptoms. So that's the answer. Join a choir. Join a choir. You can't, you can't sort of knock it, can you, really? I like the idea. So they did all these groups. They selected a one hour group singing session and all three levels were reduced afterwards. So I was watching a choir this morning and I thought they were, they were brilliant. And I thought I've started singing along too, actually. I do it in the car all the time. Constantly it. People must think I'm mad, but there again, in my car, they don't work. They just think I'm on the telephone. But uh, I am singing away.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast on LBC. Ninety 90- go. <laughs> Love you, Mr. Steve. <laughs> Thank you. <sighs> They're quite mad. I'm so sorry. You don't often get this on radio programmes where so people just wonder it. But we were talking about yesterday's meeting. And however, all the other stations uh, that we own. They all do meetings, but they all seem to vary. They, do, they have different things in their meetings that we don't have in our meeting, and we have things that they don't have. Anyway, all of that to one side. My father, says Chris, used to work at UB in Ostley, which is United Biscuits, which is where I used to work in the 70s, and he said we had an unlimited supply of various UB biscuits and cakes on tap, the most memorable of which was the Penguin Bar. Yep, they were made in Manchester. I can tell you that because I went up to watch them being made. And because uh, I, I mentioned, I said it's a bourbon, but with chocolate over the top of it, you know, and it turns into a penguin. And somebody actually wrote to McVitie's to find out if I was telling the truth. I thought, I used to go up there. People are such idiots. But uh, anyway, uh, their best grown up chocolate biscuits are chocolate olivers. Yeah, they're bath olivers, aren't they? I think that's what they're called, actually. Made by Huntley and Palmers and presented in a long tube. Do you know what I like? Florentines. I love Flore- Mars and Spencer used to do a really nice Florentine... Uh, sort of uh, pack. Now they just do... A, and it's, they're so expensive, so expensive. But uh, but a great incidental gift for Christmas, says Chris in Chelsea. And uh, from Matt, the trucker, he says, I was once stood at a cash machine and there was an older lady in front of me. She turned and said, uh, could I help her because she was struggling to see the screen? Surprised she found the machine. And could you tell me the balance? It was about 13 grand. I told her and printed her a statement. She went on her way and uh, I sort of just carried on with my day. It was a day off for me. I was in my scruffs, jogging bottoms, hoodie. So I often wondered whether or not I was being trapped or recorded to see if I'd take advantage and steal from her. Uh, well, you couldn't have taken the 13 grand, could you? Because everybody's got a daily limit. Is it 250 pounds? I mean, I've actually got a bit more than that, but I never take that out unless it's Christmas. Christmas time is the only time you take it out because I need cash but in which case I go into the bank and, and get it uh, and This happens in petrol stations and run down back street shops in particular. The chip and pin machines which look 100% genuine have an additional lead with memory bank attached. Oh I've seen them I've seen them, on, I've seen them taking them off on the, the television but you don't, we don't have them anymore because they've installed different cameras so if somebody puts something on there they will see it the next day. They'll have seen them installing it so you're not going to get much out of it But uh, don't be embarrassed to shield your PIN whenever you use it. But I don't do that chip and PIN thing. You know, you place your... I don't do that. I always type in the number, you know, and tell you what it is now. 71893. And it's not, I'm just saying that now, but it makes it sound more interesting, doesn't it? If you can sort of tell people that. Why would you want to give away your PIN number on air? And the answer is, you know, you just do. Uh, It was Adam, Mr. M and Dom. Seriously, I mean, the bane of my lives... They come round and they, they, they just sort of... It's always nice seeing... I love seeing people. Because my studio is somewhat different to everybody else's. In fact, actually, I think next week my studio is going to be used by everybody. It's, it's tiny, but it's exactly the size that I'm used to. Exactly the size. Anything bigger than this, I feel a bit lost. And I've done it in Big Boy's studio downstairs. But uh, this one's nearer the office so I don't have to walk too far, which is actually quite good at my time of life. And the idea is that you could... But I've only got a small window in the door. It's like a sort of about, you know, foot less than a foot across. That's sort of eight inches. And so I have to look and see who the people are properly. It is a bit like a prison cell. That's the way we we describe it. You know, oh, there's another woman sitting there. I think she's a tightrope walker, and she's going... She's very high up. I wish people wouldn't do that. It makes me feel quite ill. She's sitting on a ledge, and uh, they, they call it... 5,000 feet up, and she's having lunch. I feel ill looking at it. I can't even watch. There was a bloke the other day. You know the one who climbs the the buildings with just his hands? He jumped onto a little ledge. He jumped. There's a vertical... And I'm going, what? Are you you mad? Why would you want to do something like that? And people are advising, you know, come back a little bit. No, no, some people have no fear of heights. Me? I've gone all sweaty. Not attractive, I realise, but, you know, oh... Awful! Why do people do it? Dreadful! I used to love lemon puff biscuits. Says Linda. Don't start that one. We did that one for years. Lemon puff biscuits. We had them sent in from around the world. It was fantastic. Um, no, please don't tell us your favourite biscuits. Or send in any lemon puff biscuits. But you're right; they were delicious. Uh, Steve, I dislike the people who leave their account balance falling out the machine. I read it. Don't you? Come on! Is it just? It can't just be me. If I if I go to a cash point and there's a little bit of paper sticking out, I read it. Because it doesn't tell you their card number, just the last five digits or four digits. And I always go, oh, so you've got £1,200 in your account. I really, I d- it doesn't mean anything, but I always, I always check it. All these people have funds. You never see one carrying an overdraft debt. Amazing that. People in our area don't uh, have 3K to their name. Nobody will ever see my balance like yours, I imagine, Said in, Oh, I know what's in. I can tell you exactly what's in my account at this precise moment. 450 quid. Because that's the top up that we've got. So in other words, the account looks empty, but it's got a top up account. So every time I take some money out and it drops down to maybe 250, the other account kicks in and tops it up. So there's always 450 in there. And if I go into the bank, I can I can take whatever I want. But I just like to do it. It's a childhood thing. I explained the other week on the programme that when we were little, you know, if I if I had a shilling when we went to the seaside, I would have it in pennies because it looked more Having a shilling, you know, didn't, didn't really look like very much to me. Uh, Lisa says, I joined Guildford Rock Choir a year ago. We performed at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival this year. Huge fan. We sing songs by Rag and Bone Man, Beyonce and One Direction. Now practising Christmas carols ready for singing in an old folk's home. Fortnum and Mason Florentines are gorgeous. When they did the Marks and Spencers ones, they came in dark chocolate, milk chocolate and white chocolate they were lovely. Uh, Steve, I've just put 30 pounds petrol in my car. Stopped to watch it change to 3001. I see that all the time. There is a garage down the road from me and they've got um, um, a load of pennies on the counter in a cup and you just take one because sometimes the machine's flick over. I remember it in one particular garage they go it's 3001 and they would they would cross it off because it was obviously a fault with the machine. I mean, how do you work out a penny's worth of petrol? It's very difficult to actually get it to... So I always, I always, you know, if I'm doing 40 quids worth, I put in £38 pound to get a bit of change out of it. Always useful, isn't it? 47 days to Christmas, says Joseph in Bethlehem. Stop it. We've now decided you're not in Bethlehem. You're not called Joseph. And you're not staying in a, in a stable with a manger. <laughs> We've decided. Uh, I wonder if it's Santa who delivers the presents and not the three wise men. I don't think it's either of them. I'm trying to be rude. I don't think it's either of them. I don't think they actually deliver anything like that anymore. People tell you when you're a bit older where they come from. The Christmas tree fairy. And uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, am I? I'm going to keep the myth going like everybody else. Because I've seen the old man, you know, and he looks all right. He looks okay. That's what he does. He delivers the stuff. Uh, So the biggest skate. There's a bloke fishing off Ireland uh, here. Uh, His name is Hamish Curry. He's caught the biggest skate ever landed. Eight foot three inches long, 300 pound fish. Took more than an hour to reel it in. Its wingspan, because it's uh, it's a skate, is seven feet. Uh, Mr Curry, who caught it off Port Rush in Northern Ireland, said of the once in a lifetime moment, my legs were shaking. So what they've done is they've actually tagged it for conserving, uh, for conservation purposes and put it back straight away within four minutes. So, uh, it's good, isn't it? He's done very well. The previous record skate, 7 foot 3 inches long and 208 pounds, was caught off the Isle of Skye. The biggest fish caught in UK waters, being totally anoraki, was a bluefin tuna, 505 pounds. They're big, those tuna. Why the tins are so small, I've got no idea. But that was caught off Pembrokeshire last year. But uh, it looks lovely. Here he is, picture it, he's got a fag in his mouth. He's <laughs> a typical fisherman. Typical fisherman. Uh, so any more Christmas ads? Have we seen any more Christmas ads? Oh, look, there's one for Matalan here. Oh, God, who, who are they using this year? Oh, they're using Mark, right? Oh, dear, that looks a bit peculiar. And Denise Van Outen as well, plus nobody. Nobody else known at all. That's just it. I think the Christmas advert, I think they're all right at the moment. We're waiting for M&S, aren't we, I think? And uh, here we go. There's a luxury Christmas pudding for £11.99. Nobody eats Christmas pudding. Nobody eats it. The retailers rock back traditional. ITV expects decline of up to 8% in the festive ad spend, prompting a fall in share price. Really? Good Lord, it's worth £4.5 billion. Wow, 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 wow. That is a huge amount of money. So, fewer Christmas ads. But we're still waiting for Marks and Spencer and John Lewis. Uh, Aldi Tesco, and Argos have already kicked off the battle for hearts and wallets this Christmas, and we've seen them i don't i don't I didn't notice the uh, the heart thing at all, but I wonder what John Lewis are doing i bet it, I bet it's got Elton John music in it I just don't know somebody said the other day they thought it had uh, Elton John's music in it There you go There's a lovely picture of a little Jewish girl. What's unusual about this picture? It's in all the newspapers uh today, and uh, her name's Rosa Rosa Berniel uh, Ninao, I think that's how you pronounce it, anyway. She's uh, she's she's lovely. And um, this particular man has got his arm round her. He called her his little sweetheart. She's Jewish. And who's the man with his arm round her? She just knew him as Uncle Hitler. And this picture is in all the papers today. When the Führer was told that she shared his birthday, uh, they went to the, uh, the Birkhoff, And he gave her strawberries and cream on the terrace. And uh, so Rosa's grandmother was was Jewish, so she was one-quarter Jewish, therefore Jewish under German laws. And uh, research showed that Hitler became aware of her Jewish heritage, but chose to ignore it. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, Last night, uh, sorry, sorry, February, um, the auction house sold Hitler's telephone. How much do you think Hitler's telephone went for? Bearing in mind, we didn't have, you know, it wasn't battery-operated. How much do you think that went for? Hitler's telephone. I suppose it has a certain certain sort of credibility and a provenance and everything else. If I tell you 200,000 quid, 195,000, it's not bad. But this uh, particular picture uh, is signed by Hitler. They reckon it could fetch up to £10,000. Interesting, isn't it? The little Jewish girls tend to hug from Uncle Hitler... What little she knew. What little she knew of what a vile person he was. Uh, mm, Cheese. Love it. Love it. Some people have cheese with apple pie, don't they? I've never had that. Not for me at all.
0: You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. 25 to 7. 25 to 7. Um, And with Nick Ferrari. So I'm just reading a, a... text actually just just sussing out if it was really offensive or just mildly offensive uh it seemed to be okay actually so nick ferrari at breakfast at seven this morning on lbc after at least 10 stabbings in the past week five of the victims having been killed the home secretary has called on the police to get the situation under control well how ridiculous and how do you think that's going to be happening i'm sorry called on the police to get the situation under control what well, they're going to do stop everybody sorry do you have a knife on you do you have a knife on you hello you in a gang what a ridiculous thing to say Nick will also be reacting to another remarkable day in the Trump White House. You are a disgrace. You're this, you're that, you know, and you think to yourself, what is going on with these people? Terrible. Give me the microphone back. No, I'm going to... You're you're barred. Okay, that's it. So uh, very soon there won't be anybody in the White House at all. Uh, Also, the shocking attack on that 98-year-old Second World War veteran in his home, the people who broke in and uh, attacked him quite badly and just for his television. I bet you it's drugs. I'll put odds on it's drugs. That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning, just after the news at seven o'clock. Uh, Bob, Bob says, my mate, who I was in the paras with, his favourite food was Christmas pudding with broad beans. We oh, I thought he was odd. I think that, that's a slightly peculiar one. Do you know, actually, I've, I've kind of warmed to broad beans. I never used to like broad beans. Spicer says, call me Charlie Dickens, Steve, but I eat Christmas pudding by the bowlful with ladle spoons full of brandy butter. Can I still be a spiker? I hate brandy butter. I hate. Br- I don't know what they make brandy butter for. What's it for? Is it putting on Christmas pudding? Or so? Oh, sounds horrid. No, thank you. Uh, why did Mary and Joseph spend the night in a stable? Because all the hotels, the B and Bs, and the guest houses in Bethlehem were full up. Why? Because it was Christmas. But the trouble is, it wasn't. It wasn't, was it? It was July, <laughs> so nobody could understand why it was. Uh, why it was all full? Where can I get reindeer burgers? Says Big Chris. Uh, Lapland, I would think. We've already eaten Rudolph a few times, and Donner and Blitzen, and all the other ones. So, to be honest with you, I didn't think it tasted any different to anything else. But that's what they—that's what they eat over there, and uh, and they eat it because that's what they've got a lot of reindeer. Uh, I'm sure that you could get reindeer burgers in Iceland a few years back. They had a very very exotic menu. They were doing sort of ribs in. Whis- whiskey, I think, and stuff like, and then some really expensive things in Isaac, which you wouldn't have expected. And so it was sort of educating people, which I thought was quite good. Uh, there is a town called Bethlehem in New Zealand, so you can imagine the post office is very busy at Christmas. Says Jan. Yes, I should imagine so. And uh, and somebody says I've joined a great choir, Voices of Yorkshire, near Keithley. Really makes you feel great. You should all join bit of a trek in it, Keithley, for us, us Southern Jessies living down here. I do like it, though. I mean, when I've, I've been down to Epping, they have a little, um, a little sort of get-together with a band on the stage and people sing carols, and I quite enjoy that. I, I, I really do enjoy that. Uh, Nana Patricia, 70th birthday, and uh, she's been listening since, uh, well, since, since a long time. So, Nanny Patricia celebrates her birthday today. She loves you. No, she doesn't love me. Let's get that one established straight away. She probably quite likes me, <laughs> but I'll probably say something at some point. And the people who go, I don't think you should have said that, Stephen. Actually, if you know where you can get reindeer burgers from, they must be, I should imagine they're quite commercially available. I think you could probably find things like that on, on Amazon because they actually do food, don't they? 84850 steve at U K. So I've got that nice little video up uh, of the Spice Girls yesterday. Very exciting. Uh, Keith says, went up the Eiffel Tower once, certainly not again. I was feeling awful not recommending it. It doesn't interest me, the Eiffel Tower. I don't know why. Why doesn't the Eiffel Tower interest me? Uh, probably because it's just very, very high. And I was sort of thinking to myself, it's, uh, it's a long way up and it's a longer way down. Have you ever been visited by the bo- ghost of Christmas past and present and future? No. Never, ever. But uh, I like the idea. I like the idea. Featured in, in a, lot of, uh, a lot of movies, is not it? A lot of movies. So I'm, I'm all right with things like that. I don't mind, actually. I'm, I'm quite... Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit superstitious. that I would never be visited by the ghosts of Christmas past, because Christmas past I thought was all lovely. Present is, is lovely. And future, well, it's in the lap of the gods. I think we have to sort of wait and see what happens in the future. Uh, there's a, a post office situation emerging at the moment. Of uh, people, more than 550 uh, sub postmasters have been branded crooks by their bosses. Turned the tables the other day by taking the post office to court. One man's still in prison. He was sentenced to nine months after pleading guilty to false accounting. Over £50,000 went missing. But um, he's been charged with theft and false accounting. The former was dropped in return for him admitting the latter. So he's, he's turned 60 in prison. 60 seems to be the new 90 at the moment. Every time you read about somebody turning 60, you start thinking, goodness me, I don't know. But uh, heights, no, we don't do. And that obviously seems to feature with an awful lot of you. You don't do heights either. But watching this woman sitting down the stage, I always imagine, just supposing that extra weight tipped it over the edge. Just supposing the bloke, you know, climbing up the outside of the building with no safety net, no rope, no nothing. All of a sudden, something becomes detached. Instant death. Instant death. I can't think... Really, I can't think of anything worse. These people must be absolutely mad. Uh, front page of The Express have decided to go all uh, all royal today, which is quite nice, and so they're going with uh, Charles. An extraordinary interview. Uh, well, you know, when he was uh, asked if he would meddle as king, he said, I'm not that stupid, so he's talked publicly about what... It, they, they seem to be talking about it a bit more openly now, don't they? But is the Queen going to step down? I'd be very surprised, but he says... Because normally he meddles. He meddles and he writes letters to people. And he writes letters about all sorts of things. I'm sure he's charming. I'm sure he's absolutely charming. But, you know, I, I get the feeling that his sort of sons are a bit like strangers to him. Because, you know, they didn't they didn't have that sort of uh, upbringing as children, as everybody else did. And so they've got all sorts of people here. They call him the workaholic prince. They're, they're, they're sort of trying to sell him as a workaholic prince. Well, he's currently on holiday. You only have to shake a few hands. And he's bumped into dreadful Naomi Campbell. Poor soul, honestly. Uh, Cheryl's had all her hair cut off. Uh, actually, that'll please them down at L'Oreal. What have you done? Uh, why, you eight? because I'm worth it? I've just cut, cut my hair? Well, you can't cut your hair. What's the point of having long hair so we can do all sorts of different things with it? So she's had it cut. So now she looks about 50 Makes her look very, far too old for L'Oreal. She's not the sort of market they're going for at all. The new single is out. You, you know that she's she's. Got, oh, you knew about the single. Okay, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I really don't. But she's going to turn up on the X Factor way uh, a singing it. Uh, that'll be nice, or miming it, or whatever they do. Because we had a bit of trouble before, didn't we? Little Mix were accused of miming quite badly. Because people people did it on TV shows. It's so complicated to get them all to marry up together, to get them in tune. So the best thing that they actually do is they just let them mime. And that way, because if, if they then go off... Do you remember there was a... What was the group? They appeared on... Oh, they appeared on Top of the Pops years and years ago. I can't remember who they were. But um, I think the song... I can't remember which song it was, actually. But anyway, they did it, and they did it live. Now, when they do songs live, as they used to in the early days the DJ, whoever it was, would sit there and you would see him put the needle on the record and now over in that corner over there it's going to be, you know, Brassington Colliery Band or something with a floral dance and they put the needle on it and then, of course, hoving into view with the Top of the Pops Orchestra a bunch of ageing old men and women who couldn't play a pop tune if their life depended on it and it didn't really work in fact, it didn't work at all this particular group went on and they, they sang live well, they didn't. The record plummeted out of the charts. Plummeted out of the charts. Because normally an appearance on Top of the Pops guaranteed you that you were going to get more sort of um, more sales and you could head to number one. Uh, Steve, our daughter-in-law's from Finland. On a visit there, we bought a reindeer pelt at Helsinki Airport. It looked great over the back of the leather sofa till the hair starts to fall out. Yes, it does. I had one as well, which my dad brought back from Rhodesia years and years ago. Uh, Rob... It uh, says, I'm sat in Cardiff Airport listening to Steve Allen's show on LBC ahead of a flight to Anglesey in North Wales for a day of filming. The choice was a four-hour drive or a 45-minute flight. Go for the flight. Go for the flight. Why oh, would you want to sit there driving? Drive, you mad. mad. Uh, Steve says, yes, there is a butcher around here. Sells reindeer legs in bags of eight. Two deer. Bar them. OK, makes it easier. Uh, reindeer burgers in Iceland, so the Dagenham roofers. I thought there might be. I'm sure that Iceland were doing something like that, which is sort of fairly luxurious. And uh, Dave says, I went to the Ice Hotel a few years ago in Sweden. They serve reindeer steaks and burgers. Highly recommended. Well, when we were in uh, in Norway, inside the Arctic Circle, it was reindeer. Reindeer stew, reindeer burgers. There wasn't a bit of the reindeer they hadn't used before. But uh, as I say, all you want to do is just eat and then go to bed because it's dark and it's just nice going to bed. And it just seems a little bit odd. Oh, look, we're eating Rudolph. Doesn't quite work, does it, at all? I'm with you on the Eiffel Tower, says Mai. Been to Paris loads of times. and never been up it. Always a dirty big queue and I'm just not that bothered. Uh, Dallas says, if you can buy reindeer meat in Lapland, why not in Iceland? It's practically next door. Thank you. The other night, a documentary on television about the Greenland shark. Apparently, scientists have discovered it can live up to 400 years old, grows at a centimetre a year, and doesn't reach sexual mature until it's 150 years old. The flesh is toxic to predators, and it swims along the bottom of the ocean, eating fish. Quite something, says Liz. Never even heard of it. Never even heard of it. The Greenland shark grows at a centimetre a year. Good Lord.
0: Not very exciting, is it, really? You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
1: Morning, everybody. Nine minutes to seven. Nine minutes to seven. Front pages of the papers this morning, if you're just waking up. We start at four, by the way, in the morning. Shall so I tell you that now? Uh, Prince Charles, and he's bumped into Naomi Campbell. Apparently they're old friends. She towers above him. Everybody's shrinking in the in the, the family at the moment, aren't they? And uh, this TV admission on the eve of his 70th birthday. Charles, I won't uh, meddle when I'm king. I mean, is there any suggestion he's going to be king? I know he's in line for it, but I don't, she's not going to step down, is she? I don't think so. Uh, also, The Express, same thing. Also May telling Angela Merkel, back me on Brexit. The war hero fighting for life after a raid for a, a 20 quid television. It's, it's just too sad for words. Uh, and Prince Charles wearing somebody's uniform. I don't know what it is, actually. But he will stop his lifetime of meddling. Uh, Denise Welsh for The Mirror this morning at 60. As I say, I mean, 60 is nothing now. You know, you can run and climb Everest, do whatever you like at 60. She makes it sound like she's 90, and that's uh, Denise. Uh, The Real Charles by William, Harry and Camilla. Uh, They're all saying the same thing. He's great, he's just a complete workaholic. He does this and and he does that and everything else. I mean, it's sort of what they're doing is they're whitewashing everything and just sort of making out that, you know, Charles is definitely going to be the person... Uh, who can lead the country? To what? I've got no idea. Uh, the Guardian Trump issues threat a warlike response after the Democrat gains. And uh, here they all are. Uh, plus, he lost his temper at the White House with a man from CNN, a senior reporter from C. Uh, sorry? Jim Acosta. Jim Acosta. Oh, he's banned. I know they banned him. Just because he asked a question. Oh, diddums. Poor little Mr Trump. He asked a question, he had the microphone. And then there's this woman trying to wrestle it out of his hand. Get off me! Stupid. Of course, it's all caught. Now, she's laying a claim of um, of assault. She was, she was trying to take the microphone off him. Stupid people, honestly. Mind you, I suppose, if you bend over and take the golden shilling, you might as well take the golden microphone at the same time. But to watch her on the television, he didn't accost her at all. We saw it quite clearly. Lies, lies, and then there's the White House. Prince Charles on the eye. I must learn to keep opinions to myself. Well, he's always done that. He's always complained about everything. He's complained about buildings. He's complained, you know, its very, very privileged background. So how he can complain about everything? Never done a day's work in his life. He's sort of, he's just been Prince Charles, you know, and that's it. Uh, He is on the front of all the papers, though. It's actually quite interesting. I won't be a meddling king. Of course he will. What's the point, then? What is the point? But uh, he's going to be 70 next Wednesday, uh, interviewed for Prince, Son and Heir. It'll be broadcast uh, on BBC One tonight. HMRC to review unfair family trusts. And uh, it gives some people an unfair tax advantage. Cockatoos. Cockatoos. Cleverer than a child of four, apparently. And they they've demonstrated the birds... Uh, are capable of sizing up the length of a poking device needed to reach seeds for a hole in a perspex box and then make it from a piece of cardboard. They always do that, don't they? I like the squirrels who sort of do this, you know, dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum and they climb along ropes and they get uh, they get their nuts. Always useful. Uh, Steve, children have about 1,300 pictures and videos of themselves posted online before they turn 13. There was one radio presenter she banned her children from using their phones because she said they were using them too much in the day. And then it turned out she was using her phone even more than they were using the telephone. And she didn't realise, because my, my phone tells me how much time I spend on the phone. Here is the picture of the White House employee uh, accosting Jim Acosta, the CNN reporter. President Trump had clashed with him over a question about immigration. You know, it was a straightforward question, girly boy. Answer it. You know, instead, this woman, who looked like a complete turnip, starts trying to wrestle the microphone out of his hand. Get off it! So they banned him from the White House. Poor old Trump. Soon there'll be nobody left to ban. He doesn't like journalists, does he? He's already been sort of slagging off journalists. Yeah, of fake news and all this kind of thing. Like your hair, mate. Fake hair. Fake hair. Dear me, honestly. But uh, So he points to a second term. Mm. Interesting to watch that one. Uh, finally, the sun... Miracle tots, grand fifty, oldest UK mum to give birth to four babies. I think she's given birth, judging by the picture. And you know, yeah, she's become the oldest mum of quadruplets. So when they say to give birth, she's given birth. A bit odd, isn't it? Really? Perhaps they haven't got it right. I don't know. And uh, there's a picture inside, plus some Victoria's Secret models, or basically women will just take their clothes off. And uh, it's like it's just page page three, uh, and the Aldi Christmas advert which left kids fearing that the star, a carrot called Kevin, had died. It's a carrot. It's a carrot. OK, it doesn't die. You eat it. It's, you know, we've seen it on the television, the M M&M advert. Oh, so that's what the biting was. You know, and he's in bed with this woman. Nobody complained about that one. Sobbing kids. Apparently there were three people, some woman. I can't even bear to name her because she'll be emerging as the stupidest person of the day. Uh, a Bradford, saw the advert and she looked after a pal's two children she said they saw it was Kevin driving who they love and were excited I didn't even know he had a name so it's obviously not aimed at me and then there's a major road accident and the truck is hanging over a cliff they thought Kevin had died and they were distraught it's upsetting for their little minds stupid woman, stupid woman have you ever heard of anything like it? it's a pretend advert on the television for a supermarket never mind Kevin Crunch time for you. He's got to go, hasn't he? We've got to boil him up and eat him. Mind you, I'm not big into carrots. I eat raw carrots, but not uh, not the other carrots. Got to go. Uh, it's been great this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Do you want to do it again tomorrow? We do it every day during the week, from four till seven. Plus, I'm here on Saturday morning, and I'm spiking well on a Sunday morning as well, and a Sunday evening. So there's, uh, there's a fair, fair bit of me to go around, as they say. Just before I go... Let me tell you what's coming up on my free podcast for today. On the little bit extra, I'll be talking about the women who made a visit to Global Towers yesterday morning. I was right up close to the Spice Girls and also tell you I will how you can spice up your life with a special postcard. And it will only cost you (coughs) about £300, uh, which is sort of like VIP meet and greet kind of thing. Very lucrative. And you'll hear what the Geldof family have been up to. Certainly wasn't getting dressed in decent clothing. Why do they just look such wrecks? Plus, I'll tell you about an exciting bash at Annabelle's. All the glitterati were there, including, oh, look, Princess Beatrice with her golf ball eyes. Get a job. A real job. Do something. You know, it'd be nice to see you doing something as opposed to swanning about, doing nothing at all. My little bit extra is totally free. And it's available very shortly from wherever you get your podcast from. So make sure you download the LBC app. It's on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. And then you can listen back to this and all of the other programmes from the last week for free on the catch-up feature. Uh, coming up at 10 this morning, I think it's going to be mince pie tasting out. you know, I've never known him eat things. He doesn't eat anything. I always bring in some mince pies and bits and pieces, but uh, he never does that. Uh, so that's David O'Brien. But next, with breakfast... It's Nick Ferrari.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.